You are listening to Wednesday Comics, brought to you by Roots of the Swamp Thing.com, Rainbow Comics and Cards.com, and Wednesday Comics.com. Welcome to Wednesday Comics Halloween Edition. To my right, Spider-Man himself, the way web slinger. Alex, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? I don't know whether or not to refer to you as Alex or Peter. So I was just, yeah, that's right that. Quipping good time. <laughs> and across from me, the man of iron himself, Tony Stark. How you doing? You know what my secret is. I am. Oh God, fuck! I am Iron Man. Oh Jesus, hot in there. <laughs> Jarvis turned off the AC, and it's like, woo! I mean, it's like. Pfft. And I am Rocky Balboa. There ain't gonna be no rematch. I'll tell you that much. Italian stallion. But there is a rematch. So like, who am I? I mean, who might say? Only like five movies worth of <laughs> rematches. <laughs> hey, there ain't gonna be no rematch. Maybe next movie though. But you know, I got to yeah. make some money. But then we're gonna have a private fight. Where we don't tell anybody the outcome unless it's you're my bastard son. <laughs> so in the first movie, he trains with this. And then the second movie, he goes to make Red Bandana. That's true. And all he the runs ki- with kids. Kids, yeah, they follow him. Who knows, though? Like, he Kinda might be creepy. running. He might be scared, though. Do you think that behind him, he had suckers taped to the back of his sweater that you just don't see? Yeah, that's what I mean. Those kids <laughs> were after him. You remember that first movie, he yells at those kids? Those were them. Revenge. Uh, I know when he asked the twelve-year-old if she has a boyfriend. Rocky Balboa, he uh, uh, does it with his dog and wears black gloves instead. Step up from this. Wow, butt kiss—that's the dog's butt name. Butt kiss. You know that was his real dog in real life. Really? Yeah. There's a sad story. I mean, here we got some free talk. Two seconds. So basically, when he was making Rocky, um, he had to sell his dog to somebody so that he had enough money like to live and everything. And after he started filming Rocky, you know, they paid him, obviously. And he sat outside the corner of a bar where he sold his dog for like three weeks until he finally ran into the guy. He bought his dog back for like 20 grand and gave the guy a starring role in Rocky. Not a starring role, but a role in Rocky, like a cameo. Wow. Just to get his dog back. Buckus. Is that actually the dog's name, too? Yeah. Huh. So, I mean. The more you know. That's right. Buckus? Buckus. Yeah, have a he's in the first movie. Uh, yeah. He's stuck in the cage. But he doesn't come in until the second movie. He's in the first movie. Really? He's in the pet shop. He's in the cage. Oh, thing. right, right, right. And then he buys him. Right. In the second movie. Yeah. For the record, I've only seen the first one. and the I, Only the first Rocky? And I've seen, I think, Rocky Balboa. So you've seen two. I've seen one in, what, six? Yeah. That, dude, you were missing out on some good pow-pow. Uh, I've seen parts of... Four? Is that where he fights Dolph the, Lundgren? The Russian, yeah. Yep. Okay. You need to watch those all in order. Except, I mean, well, five you should watch on a technicality, but not really. Um, What do you guys dress up for Halloween before? What were you last year, Garrett? Last year? What was I last year? Halloween. I was Scooby-Doo at work. I can't remember if... It was on a Monday last year, Halloween was. 
Um, I don't think I did a party or anything. I didn't go out. I can't. You were Scooby Doo last year. Yeah, I was Scooby Doo at work. I can't remember what oh. it was. I don't think I. I didn't dress up last year. I don't think so either. I think it was like a Sunday Monday thing where it was kind of like nothing's really going on. Because then the year before that, I dressed up as uh, Clark Kent with yeah. my Superman shirt underneath. I was the Joker. What do you go? I mean, do you do anything this year? It's on a Tuesday. I'm doing something the Saturday before. That's what I mean. But so, you said it was on a Sunday. I know Saturday. by the time this show comes Saturday out before. last night, I had a good time, and this morning I'm hungover. What do you do on Saturday? Shit. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Huh? I don't, you don't need to hear your plans on. on tape. I know my plans. I know, but it's fucked up. And I was about, time. I was supposed to be like, "What are you doing Saturday?" And then tell everybody what we're doing Saturday. So <laughs> it'll be too late by then. It'll be Sunday. It's a time paradox. What did you do last night? Just oh, saying, hit me up. This I'm is like the Rocky up. Horror Picture Show. This Rocky's gonna get out there. Got Rocky. Got horror. And sort of a picture show. I got to right? fly now. Bill oh, Conti. man. <laughs> Bring on the Rocky puns. Um, for some reason, this is bothering me that this looks weird right now. After after There was a fiasco before the show started. It's where you almost biffed over <laughs> the soundboard. Well, hold on a second. Let me check something. You guys talk. What, you, what have you dressed up before in the past? Uh, when I was younger, I dressed up as Walker, Texas Ranger. I literally hate you. Right now, Walker, Texas Ranger. You're not even Chuck Norris. He's just like I'm Walker. You're serious? Yeah, I I had a cowboy hat. I had. Um, Do you know how much I hate Walker, Texas Ranger? Painted oh, on you. beard. What? You're just low. Oh, I and then low. had a green so winter coat. When you were going to pretend fight people, were you just like, hey, yeah? You know, we. I I don't remember any fighting at all. It was just. Or I, a we weird just, roundhouse kick where somehow you're... Have you ever seen any, with your right... I don't think anybody knew who I was. I was just a bearded cowboy. So. Have you ever seen Haley Johnson was on that show? No, you know, from uh-huh. Sixth Sense? Yeah, I know I forget what the line Osman is. I forget what the, the line is. It's something to the effect of he turns to the, uh, like a lady and he's with Walker. And he goes, Walker says I have cancer. And it's just like... <laughs> what? <laughs> right. I should show you the Wow. <laughs> it's so weird. What? That show used to come on like at nine, like in syndication. Sa- Saturday nights. It's it back. Dr. Quinn. It's back on reruns. Do you hear this? Uh, this guy knows the syndication schedule. God, what was it? Dr. Quinn used to watch. Dr. Quinn was, I think, That's like a seven o'clock. Hercules was like at six. Um, what was Magnificent Hercules? Seven? Her- yeah, the Hercules with Kevin Sorbo. I remember watching it on Saturdays. Maybe it wasn't at night, but. He used to have all these, you know, what I thought were cool shows To be shows fair, back did you live in the middle of nowhere still? Was no, that? Oh, no. no. This is when I lived in Sioux Falls. Ah, well then. We don't call him the steel trap for nothing. <laughs> of course. Old things that don't matter. Well, it's not his memory that surprises me. Is that this guy was watching all these uh, Dr. Quinn, Hercules. See, I was watching Xena. Like Zorro, Power Rangers. Zorro. Zorro Power. reruns. As I watched Power Rangers, but Zorro was like a 60s show. It was. Yeah, that's and it's, it's I bet you a million bucks, if there was only 13 episodes of Zorro, that would kick Texas Rangers fucking ass. There were some episodes run. I remember of Walker being pretty decent, but I have you, season two. You'd have to strap me down to a chair. Chuck and Norris trained by Bruce Lee, so like, who has it up? Zorro or Bruce Lee? I think if they hadn't done the slow motion every fight, it would have been actually a much better show. You know what bothers you about oh. that slow motion is that the frame rate's not high enough, so it doesn't look like true slow motion, so it looks like it's stuttering. That's what it is. It looks like they're the camera's not slowing down. It looks like they're yeah. slowing down for the acting. Like, they're like, instead of you hear the sound like the whoosh, 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 whoosh it's like them going. Uh, nice. I dressed up <laughs> as uh, Planet of the Apes one year when I was little. Uh, another year as, um, I was Mr. Fantastic that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Two Face! That was my. You're Two Face. I was Nick Fury that mm-hmm. year. 
I'm bringing back. Uh, I was a Ghostbuster my sophomore year of college, but I'm. Oh yeah, s- I'm gonna be I a sexy. Was. No, that was me. I'm gonna be a sexy Ghostbuster. You wanna know why? Slutty Ghostbuster to chest level is sexy Ghostbuster, and then up to the collars, nerdy Ghostbuster. So I'm staying at sexy. Just in case you're wondering. Well, oh, the zipper. I don't know what the fuck you were talking. The weird about thing first. is that hopefully slutty only works on the girls. <laughs> then no, I thought your shirt. Gonna I thought he, I thought he my... made a shirt link. He's gonna bring it up to his chest. And be like, That's kind of no, weird. They're still, gonna buddy. see my Austin Power chest pubes down in my ball. <laughs> Why don't you just be Austin Powers? That's a big coming a big comeback this year. You see Baby oh, Driver? How is it? Baby it, Driver. It, it, Austin Powers and Baby Driver. Where he wears an Austin Powers mask when they rob the bank. No. You know what? They need to make a fourth one of that. I don't care how stupid I, it is. I already pitched it on Twitter. It's out there for Mike Myers. Really? Yeah, I heard he's I kind s- of a dick. I said honest. who? Mike Myers. Well, he is because he's not making my movie. He's hosting that gong show instead. Dumb. What's he doing hosting game shows in 2017 when right. I have prime material on Twitter? <laughs> at Marvin underscore Sawgirl. Look at it. It's prime. It's ready out there. But yet he goes back to Shrek every I put good ideas year. on Twitter all the time. I At Taco Bell last weekend, I put a good idea for them out there. What was your idea? It's the best idea ever. I already got two takers. I don't know if you've had that sweet chili taco. That's <clears> fucking... <throat> no, here's the thing. Uh, a friend of ours uh, got some machinery, uh, medical equipment, restricted. Uh, keep this on the down low, so don't spread this on the Does his name don't start with on, R? Don't spread this on the, yeah, don't spread this on the internet. <laughs> you got this? R, uh, I'll see you soon. But he can make GMOs now, so we were coming up with GMOs, genify, uh, genetically modified... Uh, what's the old for? organisms uh so you can make food you know modify food orangutans and so we're thinking of things to modify people are throwing out very uh sane things uh make a, a carrot that ha- that tastes like hummus all right make a, a carrot that tastes like hummus yeah make uh, doesn't hummus have chickpeas in it mm-hmm. yeah but if you genetically modify you can do anything with it so and then people are like make uh bananas that have more potassium because they actually don't have they're not high in potassium but people think they are so actually make a high potassium banana be like, fuck those other bananas. Here's the real deal. Uh, Just a little crack cocaine. In they used to be, but the, the bananas have been so like, they don't have seeds anymore. They're, they're like curved. They've been modified. So they don't have potassium. Or they do, but a very small amount. But so but I was like, hold up a second. I got a million dollar idea. Uh, I said, GMOs and tacos. Will you fucking listen? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I have a short attention span. <laughs> uh, would you modify a chalupa shell, chalupa, that tastes like waffles infused with syrup, and then you put fried chicken in it, chicken and waffles? Hmm. And, and I tweeted at Taco so, Bell. So kind of like the McDonald's McGriddle, but with the chicken instead of sauce. Uh, did they make a chicken and waffles one? <laughs> Why don't you go to McDonald's? Does it already t- has the does fucking it taste technology like a to make a bread infused with it's syrup. It's a griddle and pancakes. That's a pancake. I'm talking waffles. Flapjack. Fuck out of here with flapjack. That. The waffles hold bread. in the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I already got two takers, so I'm already on the market. By two takers, you mean like Alex retweeted it and then another person? Did well, he, he, did, he didn't did, like it. Did I? Okay. <laughs> oh, that, I didn't count his because he didn't respond. Okay. Yeah, to be fair. So like, two and a half. I like knew the, he didn't read that's it. The first, he didn't read it. And say, I just saw Marvin said something. I saw food related. I clicked. I liked it. But I thought, no, I don't want to retweet it. What if it's bad? Should Why would you like it? it then? You know, people still, when you like something, people still see it. Like pop up in their chat. Yeah, I know. Alex liked this tweet. Of course. <laughs> but you won't retweet it. It's basically the same thing. Except it doesn't show up in your timeline. They would actually have to be on Twitter mm-hmm. and see it. So if I retweet it, it goes on. It's like sharing on Facebook. It right? is on your timeline. Okay. But if you like it, actually no, you can go to the like thing. And there's a like uh, feed on your thing. You can see everything you liked. 
Just go on there and see all my tweets. You know, <laughs> going with this costume that I'm wearing, I mean, I'm just kind of fake myth busting. You actually have an arc reactor. Where is it? Um, it's in my chest. It's right here. Nice. <laughs> but um, uh, I actually have the replica from Iron Man 2. It sits on my nightstand uh, to ward off evil. But uh, <laughs> I don't leave it on all hours of the night. Just a couple. But do you think, I mean, this is probably given, but Iron Man's not like right now. You can't see it, but I'm sweating fucking balls. Do you think he's got like an AC going through oh, his yeah. head? Like you saw in uh, Homecoming. But when you see the movie, the screen looks like his head <laughs> is this big. Like like Ultimate Iron Man style. But it's it's this big. Do you always lean so over that much for that mic? You know you can raise it up. I I know this. <laughs> this well, is just, different. Well, I, just no, I just noticed because now you, you have see, a mask on. Yeah, you see, that you're you like, see this oh, chin? Okay. It's like where my mouth should be. So I have to like tilt my face. So I will I will raise the bar. Get it? <laughs> All right. You raise nice. that. I'll shove your mic for a second. Tell me when you're done. <laughs> right, you're I'm done. done. Okay, we're good. I'm Iron Man. I fucking got this. Let me ask you. This is qu- like that little bitch robot that I fucking slap around all the time. The what one that what? sprays you with the ex- uh, fire extinguisher? Yeah, after I fall on my yeah. ass. Yeah. Uh, do you actually like Iron Man? I love Iron Man. Okay. I know you hate him. I, so. Well, I don't hate him. I just I don't find him interesting at all. Well, just, but I feel like now I like old Iron movies, Man. When he's, Matt, when he's Matt Fraction like, was writing yeah. him, I like that guy. I did read when Matt Fraction, Fraction's run. When he looked like Josh Holloway? You, remember that? you watched yeah. that one? Yeah. Read it, you mean? What did I say? Watch, watch it. Well, I watch everything. <laughs> With my eyes, you're not watching. Are you saying like wash? So you read any wash? Hey man, I say what I want to say. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you, Spider Man, you were in the Spider Man, and you talked about once how Spider Man's your favorite character. Is that true? Yeah, actually, I I really love. You just don't like Spider Man. I don't like him currently right now because even his movie. Except, well, we'll talk about that later. Don't spill the beans. Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. You know the oh, comic the, we're the talking book. about the, today? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about I'm let's sorry, cut no, sunglasses sorry. and put it in a well, No, he thought no, you meant Andrew Garfield. Like my, my, oh. uh, my suit is Fine, actually Amazing it? Spider-Man 2. See, I just think of Amazing Spider-Man 2 as like Superman 4. Like We just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the only thing that was good about Amazing Spider-Man 2? Electro, come on. The last five minutes. No, I just think it was the suit. Well, that's the last five. Because I still can't get over that web that looks like a hand trying to grab her and bugs the shit out of me. I know. Or when he's when she's like... Come on, I have to go. I'm the only one who knows how to do it. And he's like, okay, go in Lift there. Lift the cover. And it's like, button. shut down. <laughs> She's like, oh, button. Big red button. <laughs> My finger is specially coated. You know what I think when I ever see that scene? Somebody wrote that. was like, she, yeah, she has to do it. She knows all about that. And then they got to the thing, and they weren't smart enough to figure out how it would be complicated. And they're like, just make it a button. <laughs> like, Why couldn't they just be like... Green Goblin and Spider-Man are fighting, and the only way to shut it down is like, she's like, oh, like, Peter Parker's getting the shit beat out of him. Why don't I go up there? Shut this down. Like, that was easy. No. Like, you don't have to say, oh, I only know how to fucking press a red button. It's like a, literally a giant ass. Well, that's what button. I mean. She acts like it's complicated when she's up there. It's simple. Yeah. So somebody wrote ahead of time being like, this is going to be very complicated. And then when it came to the part for them to write how complicated it is, they couldn't figure it out. So like, make it a button. Oh, but just I like button. how it's too complicated for them. <laughs> Well, you know, you notice a lot of times, like, especially when you're uh, an expert in a certain field and you read a story or a comic or anything that talks about that field, you'll realize, like, oh, that's not true. That's not true. And you find that all the time, like, with stuff that you know. To be fair, I'm not an expert in anything. I know, but, like, (laughs) remember in, um, what was it? Texas Ranger, I guess. Where they went into (sighs) that trench. Oh, the Mariner, uh, yeah. In metal. Metal, yeah. In metal. And then Alex is like, shrimp don't exist down there. And, like, but. When Scott wrote that, he probably was like, eh, I guess shrimp would be down there, like squids and stuff, or octopus. There's an octopus that bugged me. Um, 
Which issue of Mandel? It's three. Three. But like, if you didn't know anything about Marine, oh, it was life, the seahorse. It was the seahorse. Seahorses, that not shrimp. Yes, seahorses. Do you make a confession? I haven't read through yet. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously, I know. Oh, that you were that gone that week. week after. Yeah. To be fair, there's a book coming up. Editor's note said Sea Metal Number One. Never once did it say Sea Metal Number Three. So. Um, Flash did this no, week. Mm-hmm. It's a Sea Metal Number One, first page three. I swear to God. Oh God, I got to be fair. I I actually didn't look. I just read. Well, we'll talk about it when we because I was caught up on everything except for um, Merciless. How does Iron Man turn pages? Like these are cloth, and I can't even. He has oh. Jervis do it. C metal number one. Can I see that book real quick? Can you give me that? Rips it in half. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like. Um. I don't know. I thought it said at the beginning it says take place after what. <laughs> Sorry, I just arc reacted you. Let me ask you one question before we move on to the review. So this is a Halloween episode. I'm trying to ask Halloween questions here, and you guys can tell you what you're dressed up as. And I I'm just kind of thinking MythBusters for some reason. What the fuck you is just... Rocky? One of your favorite movies? Hey man, you know what episode then of that movie? I know. <laughs> Split decision. So, <laughs> uh, and you know this guy he called me up. He said, "You know what? End of that movie, cry every time." And I said. You wimp. <laughs> Do you believe in the American dream? <laughs> Apollo Creed does. Hey, man, don't talk about Creed that way. <laughs> he was a good guy. I knew. Good I got guy. a really bad joke in my head. I'll tell you guys later. Um, American. <laughs> you see Creed? Oh, you never seen any of these fucking movies. Creed's good. Is yeah. Creed good? They announced Rob Rocky. They announced so Stallone is actually going to direct uh, Creed. I think good. if anyone, like if Ryan Coogler couldn't do it, I think that's the best choice. That's Sylvester yeah. Stallone's writing and directing it. Rocky. So that gives you time to catch up. Rocky Balboa is really good. You need to watch them all. Yeah, Three. I've heard. I've heard one and two are good. I don't know. Two is amazing. One and two are good as good movies. Three and four are like good popcorn movies. You would enjoy them. I guarantee you, you would enjoy them. But five the training, like three. Five Rocky's get, yeah. like fucking quick. I've heard five is kind of garbage. Five we can uh, fast forward through. Or okay. five. Five is like. Like six is really the good. epilogue of Rocky, and then six is like now nah, this is actually six the is really good, it, and Creed is dumb really question. Good. I'm sure everyone knows. Ron, so Rocky Balboa hey, is man. um he's fighting a young kid in his prime, right? As old Rocky, I mean, he's no, old. not in his prime. No, no, come on, man. No, I know it's not, not Rocky fighting prime. in his prime. It's the kid he's fighting. Old in his man prime. out there, you know what? Yeah, I mean? right. He's yeah. finding his opponent is like undefeated. It's a 23 year old. Which movie? In Rocky Balboa. Balboa. There's some uh, simulation they see. Where he fights this guy and Rocky wins in the simulation. So the guy's like, fuck, that's fake. That simulation's so awesome. And he's like, there's no way he would, Rocky would beat me. So he challenges Rocky. And Rocky's like, hey, man, I'm old. What am I going to do? And then uh, his son was comes back. And, like basically, he's like, like, Dad, I'm a little bitch in your shadow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you got to do it. Or something. It's something. I forgot. Something happens where he's like, yeah, I got to go back and do it. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. The kid talks to him about oh, doing And then the he goes fight. to Adrian's grave, R.I.P. Moment of sense. Um, it doesn't make sense because she's still alive, but I guess for character development. She wouldn't come back for the movie, that's why. Yeah. Uh, she, no, she made a cameo. What? That, movie? that ghost scene. Like when she's at, when he goes to their old apartment and she like fades out of the screen, that's actually her. She was credited in the movie. Yeah, but that's like a old footage from an old movie from one of the older movies. Yeah, I get that, but I think it was a motion capture. Yeah, her. motion capture. They went 3D on, Not motion on capture, CGI whatever, on, whatever it's on called. Rocky Balboa. Hey, hey, you know, when to come back, you don't want to be Adrian. How about motion capture? You know what you I mean? You mean you haven't peaked yet? <laughs> peaked? Yeah, peaked. Hey, come on. You, you ever seen that War of the Planet of the Apes? Do that. That's where you say, I got some stuff in the basement. 
you know, you, you go in there. You ever seen any circus? You know what he is? Performance capture. Not motion capture anymore. They capture your performance. They don't call it motion capture anymore. Whatever. Get ahead. <laughs> fucking man of technology doesn't even fucking know. Uh, All I got is Mickey quotes. I don't give a shit. Roots of the swamp thing.com. We have Holland Piles number two is on pre order. Get it quick before it runs out. I know issue one, a lot of people want it, but it's sold out. Do not miss out. Contact John Boylan at roots of the swamp thing.com. He will get you a copy. Get it now. $10. Very cheap for what you get. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, also, they just announced that Swamp Thing Witcher Special number one. That is Tom King, Jason Fabak. Get that thing is going to be coming out. If you want to know what it's about, if you want to know Swamp Thing, RootsOfSwampThing.com, go there, look at all the articles, get familiar with the Avatar of the Green. If you don't know what that means, you need to get there. Also, I, like I said before, Greg Capullo, he's wrapping up to it. This Swamp Thing is hot, and that means you need to get over to RootsOfSwampThing.com. You know what? Jesus. You've been talking too much. Saga number 48. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Art by Fiona Staple. This is the story of Squire and Gus. Go off into the woods. They're out of food. So they're going to go attack this monster who's invisible. But Squire, <laughs> he's the TV guy right here on the cover, can see it only his insides. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to go out there and they're going to find this guy because otherwise they're going to kill his friend. Um, Frendo. Frendo, the walrus. Nice. And he doesn't want to do that. So they go out there and they're going to kill get because they're hungry. Let's uh, go kill the, I think it's called the knot or the knot. They've been waiting for Marco to come back for a while. So they're going to go out there and see what they can do. You know, really good. I thought it was really good. It was really good. Um, Art was really good. I, I have to admit there wasn't as much. Um, I get the big reveal at the end was everyone showing up. But it wasn't as, um, I thought it was going to be more action packed. You know what? So did I thought you know when we talked about adventure, it was going to be, but I liked that it what well, really was more about like I mean both these people, Gus and Squire, are just Gus is very um, a kind kind of animal who's more peaceful, and Squire's just a kid that's yeah. trying to figure out his place if he wants to be as like like his dad or not be like his dad. Uh, his dad's very violent, and there's a part where he asked Squire, he's like, "I've heard my dad's killed like women," and he's that shocks him. He's like, "I don't like he doesn't want to do that," and. Gus is like, oh, it's not. It's probably not best that you look into your dad's past. Like, do your own thing. Yep. And they go into the woods. Can I say that dad suck? And uh, <laughs> you can't. I'm staying in character. <laughs> okay. And uh, you got to find another. I should have dressed like Wolverine so I could stab you. <laughs> and uh, for audio listeners, uh, Garrett's folded mask, uh, miming. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> So they go on to the woods and uh, they finally find, what was it called? I think it's the knot. They find this monster that and Squire sees him. Gus doesn't see him in time. So he gets his uh, battle axe thrown away. Stolen. And Squire's, he's like, he's like, oh, you got him. Shoot. Your aim is true. Like just shoot him. And he can't shoot him because he can't be like his dad. So he goes, you know what? He goes, Gus is like, I understand. Like, you know, do your own thing. You don't have to force yourself to be like, who do you want to be? And they go back, and then Marco's back. So, like, I thought it was a nice little story about, like, the morality in this world. Because we've been told so far, like, everybody's dealing with this war thing. Yeah. In the beginning, he says, man, he's like, no, they're in, your dad was in war. He had to do some bad things. And he was like, we've all been born into war. We're still at war. And Gus like, I guess that's true. But, like, for Gus, he doesn't, hasn't seen any of it. No. He's been on his... He's, he's, he's like a rural farmer. So, when he... 
he's telling all this stuff to Squire. Squire really has been seeing all that from his dad's perspective. And finally, he's when he gets down to it, he can't be his dad. And uh, he realizes in those woods he doesn't have to be. And so I, I like that moment. Maybe we'll get a different kind of character. And at the end, we reveal that uh, Hazel says that he, she meets his brother, her brother that day. Uh, Which I, kind of threw me off because that's the first reference to him as a brother that we've heard. But I think he, she just means metaphorically, not actually oh, yeah, going to yeah, be like a yeah. stepbrother. Like that's going to be your brother in arms. Like yep. they're going to be part. Oh, of I didn't. Forward. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that part. I was all right. So and, you know, like grow up, be best friends, and like be that person that she needs. I um. So if if they hadn't killed the knot to bring back the meat, they were yeah. going to kill Frendo. When they come back out of the forest, I I actually did think they were going to kill Frendo. Like it was going to be, yeah. His hand was going to be forced to have to kill her. I didn't want to see that happen. No, nope. I I tell you what, if that had happened, I was going to be pissed at this book. I would still love this book, but it was really going to damper my happiness. Yeah, you know, for an issue that I expected to be really dark, somebody to die, it really was more of an uplifting kind of issue uh, going forward. Because now the family is back together. Yeah, and now we got a break. So, like, yep. uh, you're right. I thought it was going to be like this moment that was like, going to be a cliffhanger and all this action, and then like to make us be like, what's going to happen next? But it really is this moment where they all come together and you get this happy moment where it's a moment of peace, and now we get this break. But then I like knowing that it's just momentarily, you know, like this is not going to last. So it's a nice different moment to land on, I think, because a lot of the former breaks have landed on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So it's usually, yeah, it usually does end on something big where this is just the family, the, I'm a quote unquote, the family's come back together. The, um, kind of brother part is kind of a cliffhanger. So, cause you, but you don't know what to expect. So it's not really like, whoa, it's kind of like, oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah. So I really liked it. It was a nice nine for me. So it was a solid nine. Art, amazing. I mean, we didn't want to mention, like, God, it was so good in those woods. Yeah. Ooh, Fiona Staples, excellent. My only question, that I, my only thing with that issue was when you saw um, Elena, she seemed really, um, like, her lines seemed so much darker than normal, like, more fuller. I thought, um, especially, uh, let me look at it again here. Because it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's just the motion from uh, Hazel's Wings. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Then never mind. I thought you were talking about like all the lines in her stomach, but that's just from her being pregnant. Yeah. It was good. I thought about that too. I was like, oh, what are those? But she obviously she didn't had, lose. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, lost her kid. Yep. It was really good. It's really a book that surprises me when it comes out. Like I don't, don't want to expect from it. And when I do try to think of like, oh, there's going to be an issue where it's a cliffhanger or something like that, it uh, subverts those expectations. It's like, nope, we're going to be a moment where. There's two characters who you haven't seen much of and have really good character moments with them. And it was, you know, I'll have, I have to give this book credit. 47 was a nice character building book for the will and to get the revenge from that uh, mole lady. Then to get a, a, a Gus and a Squire issue was nice. I you know what's nice? Um, you, you always get a lot of uh, character moments in the woods where they come, they go in as a child, they exit as a man. But in this one, he went in as a child and realized he doesn't have to push himself to be that man if he doesn't want to, and he leaves still the same kid. Yep. So I really like that. So, I mean, it's just like Graham Morrison in Claws. He went in and spoke, came out Claws. So like, <laughs> this is different, but I really like this. You know what? Uh, Brian K. Vaughn says that any issue you can jump on in this series, which I think you can. I mean, there's enough in each issue where you can jump forward, but I think you'd be missing a lot prior, but it's not like very necessary if you want to read the rest um 
I would say if you're interested in this book at all, when the break comes back, it's probably going to be a point when you can jump on. And then, or if but you're like, oh, I want to read some of it. There's an issue. What issue was it with the head that zebra on the cover? 43. 43 is supposed to be a really good jumping on point. In that issue, he did a lot of good um, catching you up catching you up on what's going on so i'm gonna go back and get from that issue i tell you and if if nothing if you are like me except for you don't want to buy all the issues they do have the big library editions out i think it's the first oh yeah yeah 13 they have two of them right no the first 18 and then it's the like up to 36 yeah you could get that and then get the issues from there i say one of my favorite days was that tuesday that i binge read one through 45 or 46 no 45 god so good really good but you know what else is really good Amazing Spider-Man 790, written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, art by Stuart Eminem, and I, I don't know why I'm going to say the cover artist is Alex Ross, who nailed it again. Did you read it, Garrett? I am all caught up, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just want to point out a little side note. Jarvis is only at 27% on the AC installation. We're getting there, but it's fucking hot in here. <laughs> I tell um, you what, <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, but this sweatshirt is just holding in heat. I feel fine. Really? Yeah. You got a sweat towel. See, this guy is like, you're going to short circuit that equipment in there. Don't I can see it me. jumping. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm here to stay. But yeah. Um, so, hashtag guest host one was telling me that the issue prior to this, which was the first uh, issue of uh, uh, Fall of Parker, yep. um, was really good. And he was fucking right. I mean, you know, I was like, oh, what's Dan Slot going to do? Let me guess. Doc Ock's going to be the villain. Um, I was just thinking of all Dan Slott's usual tropes mm-hmm. that he does in his books. But it was all brand new stuff. Like Green Goblin was interesting. We got like a Sorcerer Supreme. I was in the last issue. This issue. Oh, I was like, sorry. That, oh, oh, that was the issue 32. Never mind. Okay. I was like, no. Sorry. I'm last issue had nothing issues. to do with Green Goblin. But Green Goblin's going to come back into the fold. Which is fine. You know, my thing point. with, as much as I tell you guys I hated Green Goblin, it's just that I always think he's the go-to. Mm-hmm. Not in Slot's run. Slot's run is always uh, Doc Ock. In uh, part one, um, <laughs> um, I missed it. In I thought part one was really great start to the arc, and this part two, um, I don't know how much I like Johnny being the book. I felt like there was a lot of built up things about hey, you're going to give us the Baxter Building back when the Fantastic Four gets together. I'm like, hey, we all know that that Fantastic Two book's coming out. So Marvel two and one, yeah, save that for then. I don't care. Um, but I mean, Peter Parker and uh, what's his name? Human Torch. Human Torch. Or are Harry. Like, no, the Human Torch are like really. I mean, besides Peter and Harry, they're like best friends. I'm your sorry, hel- your, my, your my helmet. And so your your chin part of your weird. helmet's throwing you off. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Um, but like, it's hard. It's you need to remember that Johnny and peter are actually really great friends too like i f- weren't they friends before him and harry i guess harry was high school no, i would say it, it's harry i think was always first yeah. but it's johnny was the first superhero friend he would have had right so basically it's peter he's sick of he's getting more obsessed with being spider-man again mm-hmm. which i love yes like that's kind of the thrill of like you know when batman goes into the night or like superman goes on patrol or whatever they call it like Peter's only escape as Peter Parker is being Spider-Man. And Especially since everybody hates Peter Parker right now. Right. And Spider-Man's coming back out of the, the positive fold for everybody. And I think they made a great segue from Peter Parker like being part of a lab and like getting out of that. It's like, that was not Peter's vision. That was Doc Ock's vision. Doc Ock did all of that. And Peter was like, well, I mean, this is where my life is. I can't just close this. Yeah. 
Um, so circumstances led him to where his life is now. Um, and I love it. I think it's, it's bringing you back in touch with who Peter Parker actually is. Um, you know, everyone's been losing faith in Dan Slott, his ability to write amazing Spider-Man. Um, I do feel like he's taking care of this character. You say everybody like it's not including you. No, I'm, no, I don't mean like that. I myself like reading everything. Like the last Green Goblin arc was awesome, but between Superior Spider-Man ending and the Green Goblin storyline starting, crap. Yeah, it was just boring. It was never. I mean, Spider-Man was never at the forefront. It was about it was about all the other spiders and like. It's just kind of where I get to when I'm reading a book and that character's not in it, like DMT. Um, Score. <laughs> sorry, name drop. But I think this is a big turnaround. Um, and I hate to bring up, uh, what is it? Was it last issue? No, issue 32. I know. I don't know if you've, you didn't read. I, that. I, I, but there's this the cool scene. Two with, issues of amazing, yeah, and then I dropped it. There's a, or maybe it was 31. There's a cool scene where Peter's fighting Doc Ock. And Doc Ock, like, throws, like, a concussive thing at him. And Peter Parker's wearing his original outfit under his mech outfit. The mech outfit gets peeled off and, like, he gets destroyed. And under him is the, like, Todd McFarlane, like, best yeah. Spider-Man costume ever. And I was literally like, fuck yes, that's Spider-Man. Like, he doesn't need all these gadgets, which is kind of why one of the reasons I didn't like Spider-Man Homecoming that much is I'm like, that's too complicated of a suit. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Right. The nice thing about Spider-Man is it's that like he was the one of those characters becomes that, the focus, yeah. not Peter Parker. Question about Spider-Man Homecoming since you brought it up. I can't understand who you're trying to represent when right you now? talk like that. That was me just talking. What are you that was talking you just about? Talking? I, was, holy I shit. Think, it's like sometimes you're like Apollo Creed, sometimes you're Rocky Balboa. What do you mean? I was just talking. I want you to talk like Rocky Balboa the whole episode. Hey, okay. Let me ask you about this Homecoming. This guy from Queens. So like in this movie, does he, have, he doesn't have Spider-Sense, right, in that movie? No. They don't put a focus on it. They do show it one time. When? It's slow-mos. Um, it's at the beginning when at the school. Like he he reacts. It's not like they don't go like, and then everything. Oh, I see. It's just his. he reacts to something. But like he gets to dodge it because it's just like a literal like, you, you have to be looking. Sorry. Oh. You have to be looking for it. It's like a little tone and then he just kind of like i'll tell you what i got rocky sense in that ring they hit me three times fourth time i'm ready <laughs> is that winner or when not you just keep your hands down yeah like i mean they hit me the, thrice, the face three times they get tired <laughs> fourth time in the face not gonna happen that it's not so bad Jeez. sorry i broke ain't gonna be no rematch well, I, that's I, the nice thing about spider-man is that it wasn't about the the gadgets and yeah. even when he was in the lab it's always all about the gadgets that i always let spider-man that's about his ability about his his mentality as a character. Right. He always wore that spandexy suit that got ripped all the time. Yeah. But best part about this issue is like he's been apologizing the last two issues for all this shit. And then Johnny comes up to him and he's like, you know what? I'm going to blame you some. And Peter Parker's like, I've had a fucking enough. Like I'm Spider-Man. I've apologized all day long. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I don't need to apologize. I was doing what was best. I mean, the other outcome would be people dying. Nobody died. Yes, they lost their jobs, but like, let's weigh this out here. People dying, people losing their jobs. I'm sure they love being alive. And so him and he's like, you want to fight? Let's fight. And basically, Peter took all his anger out on Johnny, and then they were both kind of like, this is stupid. And then they like, they have a really good character moment on the top of the roof of the Baxter building. And he's like, you know, I would never, I would never like do this on purpose. I would never like sell the Baxter building. Can you say that again? What? What's on the top of a house? 
Top of the Baxter Building is what I meant. I know, but what's it called? The Roof. The Roof? The Roof, whatever. <laughs> the oh, roof. see, I, I guess I say it the way you <laughs> do. I say the South Dakota thing, whatever. Roof. It's a Midwestern bunch thing. Of, bunch of hillbillies. R-O-O-F. Roof. <laughs> the top roof. of the fucking <laughs> building. Um, sorry, I just fly there. On the outside roof? of ceiling. You don't say roof? You say rough? Roof. 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 All right. I just wonder. Hey, do you, you put crackers in your soup, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mix them with my bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I lay bagels and schmear. But I would give, I mean, I think the first part, I'd give a nine. Yes. I this agree. part, I'd give an eight. I, like, I thought. I think leading up to the last couple of pages, it was kind of slow. Yeah. Um, but I liked issue if, one. If you would have cut off the first half of this issue and mixed it with the first part, it would have been a nine or a ten. I, it was just a little too much cloudiness in the beginning. I think issue. actually for me it was the the fighting with Johnny because I'd seen it before. It's like, I don't I don't need them to fight. I get I get they're fighting. They're friends. Right. They fight. I have some friends. I fight with them sometimes. Not you guys. <clears throat> sure, but from Peter Parker's perspective. But I but the, actually yeah. you bring it up going. I've apologized all day long to people. I'm not going to apologize to you for this choice I've made. So, right. and I agree. Issue what seven eighty eight, seven eighty nine? No, seven eighty nine. Eighty nine was great. I loved that issue. Yeah. Great issue to jump into. And this is a this is a an eight. It's yeah. good. I'm excited to see where it's going. It kind of bothers me that it's dipped. I mean, it barely, but yeah. barely dipped in quality. Like I hope that's not the trend. I hope then like it's going to dip back yeah. up. But well, I you're, well you were at the shop with me yesterday, Marvin. I did decide to drop Despicable Deadpool again. Yeah, I gave that first issue, and I was looking through it. There's a a spoiler at the end of the book. I just was flipping through. Let it, me but. ask you a question about this: the Spider Man. This is amazing. Uh, do you think he does it for Johnny? Cause Sell I, it because I heard you got to do it for Johnny. What? Outsiders, read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. Either. You don't remember read Outsiders? I've read out. Uh, no. What was I thinking? No. All right. Is it? The, what book Sorry, I'm I don't, you want to the next book? I don't read C listing. Hey, hey, so. say, uh, say to me, ain't gonna be no rematch in a second after I read this. Ain't no gonna be, ain't gonna be no rematch. Don't want no rematch. Go ahead. <laughs> Is that the second fire with Mr. T where you got your brains? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a weird. <laughs> hey, man, I gotta be in character. It should just be called Rocker. Oh, Jesus. Rocky Halloween show. Hey, Rocky fucking. Horror show. There we go. Um, next up, we got Flash number 33, which is Bats Out of Hell. Man, part- I'm faster than him. Bats Out of Hell, part one. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm charging up my chest beam right now. I'm gonna fucking blow this motherfucker. That's not alive. You never seen Rock about Boa. I've been faster than that guy. <laughs> I'm basically I'm gonna go back in time, kill Mickey before he says you're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> I'm just letting him hear you say you're gonna eat lightning, and then Iron Man's gonna shoot you out the fucking wall. I tell you what, that was still the best laugh on the show. Anyway, so tell me yeah. about Flash. So That's out of hell. It's written by Joshua Williamson, uh, with the art by Howard Porter. And the colors by Hi-Fi. Um, so, I don't know if I... I've been free talk. I announced it. I haven't read Metal number three. Yeah. But I don't think it was necessary. I didn't, didn't know nothing. Maybe a little bit that they're off. Trying ah, to, they're trying to they're find They're all them. separated. That's yeah, like, they're all separated trying to find the dark metal. Well, the moment in here where he throws Superman to the next dimension, that happens in Metal 3. Yeah, has already happened. We, so that's why I said this takes place during Metal 3. But you see that happen in this book. But there's something I know, with Superman They do you give you the more. context. You don't need to read Metal 3, but it, that happens in Metal 3. So spoilers. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to go. Like, my first book on the stack is Metal number 3. You're saying you fucked up? 
Oh yeah, I just pulled a George Lucas on this fucking book. I'll be okay. That, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, that means back in time to yeah, do. I'll go first. back and do the first ones for some. Hey man, we got to go back. Jack out of context reason. Jack Shepard. Um, I think Howard Porter I drawing. Didn't even hear me. Go ahead. So many jokes. <laughs> I think Howard Porter on art was great. I love Howard Porter's art. Um, I think for some reason, like. He should be on the Flash more often. He like, there's should. a lot of characters. Oh, he's a couple issues, right? Oh, really? Because yeah. I didn't care for this art. Man. Well, he did the button for what? He did the no, he didn't. He did Fabak some did. issues on the button. Fabak. Oh, he did the the Flash issue, yeah. Right. I, I don't like the way you he draws noses. The faces, the faces, both faces are a little weird, but they're not out of proportion. They're just stylized in his style. I know what you mean. It did first at first bug me, but then I kind of looked at it and was like, man, it seems fine. Like, so um, there's some, there some pan, like the panel work is great. Oh yeah, his panel work is amazing. Um, but like, it was just mainly the faces that bowed me. Mainly his flash and one page. If you go back like to so page huge three or nose. four, yeah, a little bit. Fuck the shit out of me. Well, anyway, I mean, you know who should be fucking doing art for Flash book? I mean, a little off topic, but um, you know the guy who used to uh, what's that Gotham Academy book? Uh, yeah, who was that? He he does covers for these. Uh, every once in a while, these issues flash. Like he does the covers. What is his name? I just had his name when I brought him up, and then I forgot. Anyways, whoever he is, you should look that up. Gotham Academy. Uh, he should be drawing this book. He does some oh, of these flash covers. Is it? If it's like Kersher, is it Carl Kersher? I can't think of the guy's name. Something yeah, Carl. Carl is his yeah, first name. I think so. K. He was yeah. K, not C. Yeah, he's a great artist. Uh, yeah, he should be on that book. But Harry Potter is good. Um, he's a nice substitute. There's. Three good artists, the Flash that should be drawn all the time. Howard Porter, uh, this guy, whatever his name is, you're looking up, yeah. and uh, Carmine does a really good job too. But they're all different styles. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it usually when they uh, trade artists in a book, they're usually similar styles. But in Flash, it's just whatever, which is fine. I mean, as long as I know going in who's going to be, so it doesn't throw me off. Um, uh, story wise, I mean, it was very easy for me to catch up and like follow along with what's going on without reading Metal Number Three. Um, what's nice about these one shots is how much like the story they try to put Carl Kersher. Carl Kersher. Yeah. I, I, that's uh, not the name I they found put, for this. So. They put in relation <laughs> to the actual hero. So like yeah. in this case, the Flash, like you get visions of all the multiverse yeah. at the end, which I thought was awesome. I thought it was excellent. Going through different versions of the Flash. Oh, yeah. 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 It's good. With like Iris and Wally and things like that. Um, but it's ex- being experienced through Barry's eye for the first time. So that's very cool. You know what? This issue felt to me like a lot of loose ends from other stuff that they were trying to wrap up and other things. Yeah. Um, Which I enjoyed I, it, but it felt like a lower the place. There's one part I hated about this issue, and that's what you just said. They wrapped up the whole Barry being pissed at Iris and whatever. They were just they they blurbed it. I'm sorry that we fought. Okay. Yeah. It's like wait, well, hey, man. It's a box later. You know what you're yeah. gonna do? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's either that or Matt, you Mad Max, you die. So like, uh, what's gonna go? So what's gonna go with this? <laughs> what's gonna go? That's what I heard. <laughs> There's just a lot of questions I have. Like, what are you gonna do? Huh? Conveniently for the story, the negative flash powers are gone. That's what I mean. Are a they lot gonna of come back next. A lot like, of stuff's uh, just like, hey, right. move on. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is the three month break. We're gonna uh, it was decent, but I mean, I I thought he was gonna fight Red Death, and this is the only issue with it. So is it? Oh, really? Yeah, the it's next, the only issue out of Flash. Out of Flash, I think you have to go to, you have to just, There's two issues of Justice League where they're all going to yeah. fight the oh. people. Because so I'll, I'll get those. I'll, we'll League. get those two Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I was going to ask you guys. That's how they get us? Do you get those two? I'm going to get those them. two, and then it's a new writer. Wait, do we miss 32? That's next week. No, 32 is next week. Okay. So you get the next two Justice League issues are going to be tie-ins with uh, Metal, and then the next one after that is the first one with Christopher Priest. 
So like I'm thinking I'm just jump on early because I'm gonna yeah. jump on when priest goes on oh. anyways. Brian, I, I won't get the free Get the fuck out of here! You're gonna get priest. Priest oh. is a he was an Eisner nominated. I'll give him a chance, For but if he stroke. does too many flashbacks, all when do you have to place. admit? I mean, like what you like, but I mean, admit that it's good if the guy was nominated for an Eisner. But it's not my style. It's not the. Yes, I all agree. Other people like admit him, that but I'm I, not crazy. You guys act like I'm crazy for like. No, you can stroke. nominate people to be on a ballot, but if nobody votes for them, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just saying. That. I'm just saying that. Yeah, they nominated for that simulation. You know, for what? other people who like him, great. You know, good for you to get him on another book. Yeah, for good me, for me. Well, you're the only one on this table who liked him for he was Deathstroke. Right? I'll give him a chance. I mean, I think he. I, I, I loved. I know. I loved what was the story, the Lazarus contract. I thought he did a great job in yeah, that. Yeah, that was good. I people know, got pissed at him for that. But I think. I think maybe What's he's finding. Where'd Wally go? I think he's finding his stride. Waldo. Yeah. As a writer, I don't know, I don't know where he is. Oh, well, let's go look for him. He was on Deathstroke's team and the Defiance team. Waldo. No, Wally. Wally West. I know, but where's Waldo? He's gone. Holy <laughs> shit. Hey, that Lazarus contract, we have a special edition yeah. of uh, the Wednesday Comics where and Garrett talk about it for an hour, so you're going to go back and find that if you've ever read that or think about reading it or want some context to what's happening. I think it might be on trade now, Titans. too. might be on trade. Or coming close. Pump- oh, if it is, got to promote that thing. Yeah. I People mean, like that episode. I like that episode. I think it really fits we well. We need to do more of those episodes, like one about Team and T. Of guest host one in here. What's he you know doing? What? Lifting we should plan. We should plan <laughs> one, and you should make it a point that I'm going to be there, and I just won't show up. It'll make total sense. <laughs> Because people will be expecting the character to be in there, and then I won't be there. And then Alex will be like, oh. Yeah, it would be fair. Your brother and you look what like. Garrett just pulled the TMNT on us. Oh, Oh, shit. But I give this this, an eight. uh, Yeah, eight. Seven. I was going to say seven, but I enjoyed it at least. What I I like about it is that we we get to see the seven bat, most of the Batman. Like the evil bat, Dark Knights, Devastator, Merciless. There's a two-page thing that bothers me when he's talking to all the Justice League, and they all have to be like, "Yeah, me and Green Lantern are doing this thing right now. Yep. Hey, me and Deathstroke the are doing drop. this thing right now." It's like, it's that exposition. It's just like, man, come on. There's no way you're talking to Flash and be like, "Hey, I know you saw me live with Deathstroke, but me and Deathstroke are going down the to the uh, tr- whatever trench." Yeah. And, and then like, all those supporting characters just disappear. It's like, yeah, you know, you know Flash Justice knows. is coming up next. Yeah, it's it's like, like, fuck. Flash knows what he's, they're doing. He's, he was there when they were like, let's go do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't act like you know. Well, he know. doesn't know that. Yeah. I say, I yet. say, like, I think we're going to see more of that fight between the Flash and Red Death. That's what I mean. But it's not going to be at the forefront, which is It's for suffer. him, though, because he hasn't read it. It's for people who haven't read the yeah. actual metal. But then why would they even be interested in this issue? Yeah. This is another case of I'm not getting what's on the fucking cover. This was literally like the cliffhanger page. That's what Flash. I mean. You need to fight, but that's going to be Justice League. So if you want to get, but I don't think they're going to put as much focus on it because they have to cover all the characters. Those Justice League just issues are drawn by somebody who I like. I forgot who it is. Should look it up. Justice League thirty two, uh, but still being written by Brian Hitch. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Uh, the art's going to be good though. The thing I liked about this book is I liked the. Uh, when they're talking about the other four, at least the other four Batman, that their uh, bat caves, you know, they all have their own separate kind of bat cave. All right. And that underwater one, I tell you what, was get the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Being under in the boat. By the way, I am now sweaty. So <laughs> you can turn that on whenever you want. Um, oh. Bottom tier. Let's go. As long as you're uh, twisting my arm. Well, hey, man, I know no one for twisting arms. That's kind of, that's MMA. I'm boxing. You know what I mean? Hey, let me tell you a little joke while he's looking that up. Turtle jokes, and you brought up turtles. You know, I got a, I got a turtle. I bought him some of this moss food. He gets stuck in his throat, though. 
It's got to hit on the back of the shell, you know? But you know what it causes? Shell shock. Wow. So. <laughs> hey, it looks like what this Punisher plot too, number two. Plot. Why am I talking to huh. listen to the Spanish accent? <laughs> Garth Ennis is the writer. Goran Pavlov is the uh, artist. Colorist, Jordi Belair. Jordi needs more work, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not. She's out there doing one book a year, probably. She's doing her own book now. I'm being sarcastic, you fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> How am I supposed to believe Rocky Balboa is being sarcastic? Uh, Punisher the, the Platoon. joke is a horrible knock-knock joke. Punisher Platoon is about, so this reporter's talking to Punisher's Platoon about the time when he was the Vietnam War to get this, get this kitty on this pla- this this character known as Frank Castle. What was he like before he became the Punisher, before his family was gunned down? Was he a cold-hearted uh, killer? Or was he a normal man and this and the actual family thing actually turned him? Or did this war make him that kind of person? Um, what do you guys think of this book? I know it's very different. Uh, the art is kind of rough. I mean, I'm used to that from reading uh, the other two team ups. Are you talking two. about the rough? The rough. Oh. What was uh, I looking up? Or is like Liam Sharp? Liam Sharp, that's right. He's doing the two issues. Um, what do you think? I don't read that. Oh, you didn't read this? No, it's just you and me. Oh, fuck. Get it. But I like Platoon, the movie, and <laughs> Punisher's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Adam? Uh, issue two was, I, was really strong. Yeah. I liked it better than issue one. I issue- read, so I read one and two back-to-back. Yeah. Do they read better back-to-back? Um, I read one in your mindset, because you said you really didn't uh, care. It was a little different than what you thought it was going to be, you said, right? Yeah. Um, I read it. Uh, it is a little different than when you're talking Punisher Platoon. Uh, for what you expect from it, but I mean, it really is more about a Vietnam book. That first book. Well, and I, and I understand it's the Punisher before he was the Punisher, and he and so on the first issue, the sign, the sign that we're seeing that maybe he really is a cold blood killer before he even becomes Punisher is he calls in that airstrike, right? Yeah, and he calls in an airstrike to blow up. That so knowledge. his uh, captain, what do you call it, commander, is like, oh yeah. no, this area is all clear, and. Uh, Frank Castle, without permission from him, grabs the remote. It was like, no, I think I see something up there. Bomb this whole area, and they bomb the whole fucking area. He's like, you can't be safe. You can't be safe. Like, I'm not going to risk my life going out there when we have a chance. Like, just take it out now. If there's somebody out there, they'll die. And you could see that his commander's just like, what the fuck is this guy? And uh, people do die, mm-hmm. but we don't really know who they are. And we so see it blows up a whole little village, isn't it? Yeah, and we see that there's a lady that survives. In the uh, first issue, that she decides that she's going to seek revenge on the Punisher. That's what she's going to do because uh, she bom- he bombed her village. So now the second issue we have, it starts like this starts with uh, the whole platoon because you know in the future the reporters telling him the story about how he bombed their village and she was going to get revenge and they're like how do you know all this all that story? And he talks about how oh, I want to go talk to on the other side the Vietnam commander. Yep, I can't remember what his name was Giap. Uh, right, right up to the page. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, Letron, yep. He uh, talked to him, and he's like, he loves, he loves uh, America. He understands why we fought the war, but he, you have to understand also why he fought the war. Like, you guys fought for America. He fought for Vietnam. I mean, you both love your countries. It's and like, so he wasn't fighting because he hated you guys. He was fighting because you were invading his country. So they talk about it. He says, so I'm going to interview him for this story to see what he thought about it. So it's nice seeing another perspective. Speaking about our book club uh, coming up here is going to be Vietnam War from the other perspective too. So we'll probably see a lot of that too. Both perspectives, yeah. Yeah. So um, 
we get like this standoff basically in this issue where they're controlling a certain area, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't want the Via Kong to get in that area. They don't want to take it over. So um, they're protecting it. And at first they're talking about how um, certain people seem to enjoy it. But he said, he said, I don't think really he enjoyed it. He was just scared. Well, this just, other guy you is, get caught up in what you're doing. Yeah. This other guy, what's his name? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember the what name. Another, not Frank, but another person was like always laughing when he would be feeding in the bullets. And the guy's like, he was just scared, man. He wasn't happy about it. It's just he didn't know how to react. All that fear in him, he just started laughing. So they used to call him, I forgot what they used to call him. Something like, uh, I don't know. Something with giggling his head off. They used to call him something about giggling. So anyways. So they move on to the story. They talk about how they fought into the night. Right? And then there's some part where the Vietnam broke through the lines and they're coming right up. So they're, they're running up to their, their barricade that they're at. And what do they call that uh, the, uh, at the end? The, uh, at the end of the guns? Bayonet. Bayonet. Get your bayonets ready, they say. And they go, okay. So then he's like, and then you can see who really people are. And there's the whole page splash of Frank Castle stabbing some guy in the fucking Hol- head. I tell you what, I looked at that as a holy shit. Like, yeah. But everybody taking care of business. People choking people out. Yeah. Uh, people- One's up here, machine gunning. Like, that's when, like, you can shoot somebody from afar. That's okay. Maybe you'll get messed up for it. Maybe you won't. But hand-to-hand, there's no way you're not feeling hand-to-hand. Mm. And so You're watching this guy's eyes die. You're feeling him die. It's, holy shit. I think. This the, is a great page. Yeah, I was going to say, the art's really strong, strong in this yeah. page. Uh, I think this whole issue. I like I like the style. Uh, it, I have to admit, the first issue was a little getting used to. I haven't had I've like you read. Uh, this was the same artist as Fury Max, right? Yeah, Fury Max and Puncher Max. Um, it, it was a little bit getting back into this rough and it's a little rough. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not clean. So when you see people, especially, um, but I tell you what, I don't enemy. know who anybody else is other than the Punisher. Obviously, has that defined face. He's got them blue eyes, baby. Stare right into them before he kills you. Cold blue eyes. You know what which, they say. Which in this issue, they really make reference to. Behind blue eyes. The who. Um, so then they are fighting oh, them man. hand-to-hand. And they say, hey, nobody's uh, guarding. What's that gun called? Big gun. The gunner? Uh, it's right here. Oh, the Maduce. Nobody's guarding the Maduce. This fucking gun is huge. If they get to that, they're going to fucking smoke us. And they go, somebody's going to get back to it before they even like are done finishing. Fucking Frank, Frank Castle's heading way. for it. And they're like, don't leave a man behind. Like, go go after him. Go get him. Go help him. And he gets up there. They don't They don't need it. Frank doesn't need their help. Fucking takes them all out. I love that. I love that bottom shot right there. Shoots one guy. Takes another guy in the throat. Points. By the way, when I read this part, I was like, Alex is going to love this part. He's like using everything he has to take out these guys. And then, he, so he takes out the two guys. And he's able to grab the gun. Turns around the people that are remaining. And just annihilates them. Boom! Oh, like, the look at this. Look at this panel right here. Like he just takes them all. That's the kind of art we're talking about. Like yeah. you see people like style. pieces of faces, like their jaws broken off and stuff like that. And then he turns it on the rest of the people. They is all is it die. a Gatling gun kind of thing? It's yeah, kind of a Gatling gun. Okay, yeah. my deuce. Isn't Rambo that That's big fifty cal gun? Yeah. Just... You know what Rambo does in that movie? Yeah, you know, I got this another movie called Rambo. Uh Actually, I mean, not me. My, is my, it over the top? The person who plays me in these movies. Ah, uh, love uh, it. <laughs> kind of making me feel I give, some a sense of dread. Nice. <laughs> so they uh, realize, they're like, hey, everybody in our platoon made it. At the end of the day, they're like, hey, nobody died. Uh, then they see the um, camp 
or the uh, headquarters, or what it's called? Their, I thought it was their base headquarters. Their base, their... yeah, base. The base is on fire. So that's how the issue ends. Nice. Very strong. Yeah. This... But also, like, it's, it's very interesting. This book is very interesting to me because it does answer the question what made the Punisher? Is it really because his family died, or was he a cold heart killer before? And there was nothing ever going to stop him from becoming the Punisher. That was just another thing to remind like a him. Trigger, basically. Like, maybe he went back to his family and was like, okay. Maybe I can recover. Like he was on that edge, and then his family died. And he was like, "No, people suck. Like people are fucking horrible. Let me become this guy who's going to avenge people who can't avenge themselves." But I mean, you've seen here, uh, dude was killing innocent people, anyways. Like, is he really? I mean, he act, not innocent, like knowingly, but he was like, "Who gives a shit?" Kill, but like, but like you said earlier, for the guy who lived in Vietnam, he's fighting for his country. That's all the Punisher's doing. So he's doing, true, he's doing he, what's best for... When he called in the air raid, it's like, is he really fighting his country or is he just killing people? But he's taking... Play, uh, to me, it's a, a strategic stand of, you know what? Yes, there's... How many how many innocent people are really in that village? Yes, there's probably men, women, and children. But how many of those men are going to be those killers that are going to come out and hunt my people? I don't know. I mean, it, it's a... But I do like we get a book that's not just like all action for the Punisher. He really is examining his character. Like, who is this guy? How do you... Be- like, and then the way that they're framing it, the way that uh, Annis is framing it is from the future reporter being like, who is the Punisher? Like, I realized that he he tells them the first issue, he wrote a story about the Punisher, who he is today. And he's like, when I got to the end of it, I realized I didn't write a story. I wrote the end. He goes, the story is what happened to him out there in Vietnam. Like, how did he become this person? How it relates to who he is now. Yeah, who he is now. Like, I need to know how he became who he is. So that's what he's trying to figure out. I really do like it. Is it six issues? Six. Uh, I think it'll be a really strong six issues. Fury Max, I think, really uh, wrapped that up nicely. We had Punisher and Fury Max during Mm -hmm. this. So, like, it's kind of like... Uh, technically, I mean, not technically, but it's kind of like a spinoff of Fury Max because he was in that book. I'm sure we'll see Nick Fury. I think this. Fury Max is one of those ones that you always talk so highly of that I still want to find that book. I think you read that book uh, too early, and you, like you started reading comics at, like at first, and I like pushed it on you right away, being like, "Hey, you should read Fury Max." Yeah. And it, it was a it's a it was a hard book for me to get into, even. But I think you went into expecting you know like action stuff, yeah. like but it really is like. Nick Fury realizes in that the politics of war and realizes how war is just like fucking horrible and how you manufacture people in war that become these monsters like Barracuda uh, that would they be these kind of people outside of war or did they use war as an excuse to just kill people? So um, that's what we're examining in this and it's really good. The art's amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. Car- uh, Corey. Jordi Belair's uh, art. Coloring. Coloring. Jeez. Uh, it's hot and I'm, we're drinking. So like... <laughs> <laughs> Jordi Belair's coloring is I don't know uh, how that woman has time to do anything else you know what how does she have time and how does she do so good every time Yeah, you know what I mean I've yet are to find cold? yeah I, I want do. one of those those are cold yeah. um, I'm saving the, those treats for campfire time oh buddy that's good <laughs> that's so uh, hey we might be dying of uh, <laughs> last <exhaustion> again, again. <laughs> um, hey man you know up in Philadelphia I wear this because it's cold but like up here it's hot what are you guys doing man and so like um <laughs> the coloring like there's just that one issue like that one a panel when she gets the Medusa and he yeah. turns it around you see the guy and you see the gun towards him and the next page is just his head gone and it's just all red and yeah. you know what's happening because yeah. of that coloring like he's fucking his head's gone his, 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 you don't his, his, need to there's see no, pieces there's no bones left no. ever you just <laughs> blow off his head you don't need to see pieces you just see red and you're like oh he's dead <laughs> that guy ain't alive <laughs> adios <laughs> great beyond 
Oof. I really like this. You should not get in this book. That surprises me. Be, the Too only reason bucks. I'm not is like I haven't read any of the Mac stuff. Don't need to. No, uh, to I be fair, you don't, you don't have. This is a but strong for me. Like I don't know a lot about the Punisher. <laughs> I mean, well, I this is what it's for. Examine him. I know, but by issue six, is, I mean yes, he's going to be the Punisher. But like, is it going to be his origin story? No. You I see, th- that's I where mean, I would to be me. Like, this eh. this is all. Well, even going back to Frank like, in Vietnam. Yeah, and this travels through this country. Well, I go back potentially, but I, I mean, I Garth Ennis has told this story before. But he's yeah. told it um, in Punisher: Born, so like he's told this Vietnam Frank uh, story, but this is more about like on the field. examining, like yeah, because okay. it's not even always just necessarily. I mean, it's about Frank, but it's also about all the men that he's leading with him, and all the stuff that he's had to go through just to protect these people. Because the like, like they tell you in this issue, none of their crew died. I would be scared of this fucking guy if I saw him on that field. How big? I didn't realize he's so tall. Punisher's supposed to be that tall. He's a big guy. I mean, he's, he's a, big, he's a guy. big guy. Like you see him. Look at those eyes. You I think he's got to be with those blue like eyes. Six, I see five. this, and I think of uh, Burnfall, and I'm like, I don't know. They look. Very look at that. Different. Even the design on that that uh, Frank's uh, outfit is just like. Don't fuck with this. They yeah, really took the time to like make sure it was accurate. So like, if you look at anything about war. Get this book. Like even I, if you like the Punisher, like you want a war book, I think this would be it. Issue wise, uh, a nine. This is a strong issue for me. What else we get? What else we? Would you give it for a grade? I said nine. Did you say nine? Did, did you, I? Did you hear him say nine? I might have thought. Affirmative. Nine. I might oh, have thought, thought nine. a nine. Okay. <clears throat> so of course, one of our favorite books. We got Deadly Class number thirty-one, written by Rick Remender, art by Wes Craig, colors by is it Jordan Boyd? Yep. I think so Justin. Nope, Jordan Boyd. Jordan. That's right. Dang. Jordan. I said Justin. Um, so at first we get <laughs> I said the Justin. <laughs> at first we get the flashback to the pep rally, which I don't know if I liked that. That was the day before. Do you think they get true? I mean, I guess they're where's King's Dominion located? Originally? It's in uh, Southern California. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say I think they can literally Angeles. be in Mexico, the Los next Angeles, day. or San Diego, one of the two. Well, someone near the, somewhere near the border. You <laughs> Santa just... Cruz. I don't know. Well, somewhere secret. Yeah. Santa Barbara. Okay. Hanna Barbera? North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this issue was awesome. Um, you know, I'm a Marcus and Maria shipper all the way. <laughs> like, fuck Saya or Saya or whatever. Like, she's awesome. She's cool. But not as cool as Maria and Marcus. No, I, I agree. I, Maria is one of my favorite characters. And I from- think more of that stare was that he said that you thought it was uh, awesome, right? No. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, you don't know what shipper means. I, don't know I, shipper say, I didn't know what a shipper meant. He doesn't know what ship means. That's oh, what it is. that means you're for that couple. You Holy shit. I did not know that. This guy's not in the internet. You got ah, to damn. scale stuff back, Garrett. Um, I like their like relationship. <laughs> oh. But um, I think Marcus, God, I love that character. Um, this issue, I think, you know, because what we got the first couple volumes, Deadly Class, it's in his perspective. And this is from the perspective of the new class, basically. And it just makes you miss Marcus's perspective. And him being in this book is just a treat. Like, the more, it's like, the more I get to see them, like Marcus and Maria, and Maria I'm just like, God, this is so good. I, I love the original class, but there's a part of me that I, I want more building from the new the class. New class it did rush into me. Because I feel like, um, what's her name? Is it Zenalea or whatever? Zenzeli. Zenzeli. I want more from her because she, that first issue, I think it was 20, no. 22. Was it 22 is when she yeah. first showed up? Okay. 
when you see that cover and she's holding the hammers, I immediately think of uh, Hammer Girl from Raid. Think, oh my god, she's going to be so fucking sweet. And I'm just getting kind of a... They keep making her dial down. And I realize that's her character choice is to be... It's um, peaceful. It's peaceful. She doesn't want to do... She's not a killer. Well, maybe Because the one time she did let loose, we're finding she killed her parents, potentially. That's the rumor. Yeah. Um, kind of fucked up that we've been seeing her write letters to her parents since issue 22, and none of them have gotten to them. Well, I thought she really was sending them, <laughs> but there's was, other I ones that, King's Dominion, but there's yeah. other ones that they're not sending that she hasn't sent that she's written. That's what I understood. I felt like she sent them, or she wasn't meaning for them to actually be sent. Oh, okay, I don't know. We don't. We need to know more. But <laughs> it could be. It could be either or. Uh, so you didn't like you didn't like them at the pep rally. No, I just didn't. I, I pulled an Alex in this issue, and I'm like, so this pep rally, you think pep rallies start in the morning? Like, they're literally going from Southern California to, I mean, my, geogra- my geography might be way off. It's right there on the border. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Then it's maybe like four, that's four fine. hours away. But, like, they made it seem like that, like, an issue or two ago that it, like, took some time. They were doing a road trip. Like, they. You know what stops. was really strong in this issue is the art and panel work. It's the drugs. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. When they shit. take those drugs and then we get those scenes of. It's like an orgy. Trying basically. to be provocative, but it also, like, have the panels in front so it's not full, like, full on sex scenes. And it's, yep. like, kind of like, oh, what's going on? It's that kind of confusion. Like, where are mm-hmm. everybody? Like, in a party. Um, very strong. Yeah. Like I thought I was like, man, I love Wes Craig. And Wes Craig did the art for the uh, book we're going to read, right? No, never mind. He did the colors, right? For other side? Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get into it. We are helpful. Uh, <laughs> um, Jarvis? Yeah, he's he's still working on that ACM at like 54%. It's been a while. <laughs> but even like in the beginning part, yeah, I thought it was like... I thought we would get a whole issue about that. And I thought actually when I first opened this up, this was going to be this issue. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what, two pages? Yeah. Three pages? Um, so I was like, oh, okay. Well, nothing really uh, big happened. It Whoa. Just, Shabby got his face burned off. Well, yeah. but Last I, we knew. Right. I thought it was going to be a whole issue worth yeah. of stuff. But. I mean, that I mean that ecstasy scene yeah. was nuts. I, I like especially how, for the Marcus Maria shippers, that, well, uh, relationship uh, lovers. Well, I was gonna say the uh, the Marcus and Maria when they're talking, and it's the three panels of progressing to what they're doing, where you know he's just talking to her. Then uh, he's grabbing her boobs, and then the next one she's grabbing. You his, see, yeah, she's grabbing. Then, his yeah, down. then the next panel, it's you know as time moves on, she's grabbing his crotch, she's grabbing her butt. I was like, oh, that's really just nicely placed. Yeah. Well, then like. You know how you just kind of mentioned that Zenzali didn't, you don't know too much about her. Still true, but it was kind of nice to see her, like, she's been such a tight ass. She's been loosening up. That she, like, she literally, like, sees this guy she likes, swallows the pill, and, like, let's go. I didn't, see, now, to be, I was, are they sharing the pill? Because I saw her look like she's pushing it back into his mouth so they could share this ecstasy together. Maybe it could have been. Maybe do that with X. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she could have just just taken it and then, like, no, but you see see the white pill in between their tongues. You know what's really good about this issue? I think Rick Remender is really good about showing um, the relationship between these kids. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still kids, but also, like, there's humor, there's drama, there's also, like, the love between them two, and also, like, small moments when she's talking about, and he's like, come on, like, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. He's like, man, we're kids. Like, this is the one time we can be productive. Provocative. What's the word? Provocative. Provocative and be loose and like have uh, experiments and stuff like that. Like you're not going to live 
forever. Like, this is your time to live. Right. And that's when she finally gives in, which is really like a teenager thing to do, like to, to really examine like who you are at that point in time. Uh, so like, uh, we talk about all the time. I think this is Rick's most personal book, like him growing yeah. up and what he used to do. He used to be big into music and like in this kind of scene, this, and it, you add the elements of the assassins, which just happens in this issue. And it's really uh, fun and great, but the moments that are great, I think are actually not the beginning and not the very end, but that middle part when they're yeah. actually just kids hanging out and like talking to each other and like looking at a skateboard and be like, man, I love that. Like I, I love that kind of skateboard or when they're talking about, uh, 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 Iron Maiden and the dude, YouTube really cool. Yeah, I like Iron how Maidens. Marcus and Helmet like they share that connection because yeah. like Marcus loved that music and he's like, dude, you're like speaking you like Iron Maiden too? music. And I think that's really like that's the solid part of this book. And when, no matter where this book goes, if it goes into uh, assassins following them to Mexico, if it goes into samurais on top of the roof fighting these people, at the end of the day, it's still about these kids being kids and like uh, really just like trying to figure out who they are. Like even uh, what was her name? Zenzela? Zenzeli. Zenzeli, uh, trying to figure out who she is because she really doesn't know. She's really mostly basing who she is on who her parents were um, and who where she grew up. And now she's in this environment where she, feel, she feels uncomfortable, but mostly because it's not in her comfort zone. She's trying to break out of it, and she does in this issue. So it's really good to see like a, a comic book series about teenagers that's not like safe you know what i mean yeah. there's drugs there's violence there's sex honesty this is truth. what kids are 80s like don't too. don't try to be like oh no like uh kids are all like innocent yeah there's a lot of teenage like teenage uh books about teenagers out there that like try to play it safe and i think rick's just like man th- like when i was a kid this is the shit we were doing and like mm. uh, kids are still doing that <clears throat> i mean you update the technology update the situations and that's 2017 but back in 1980 like this is what he went through. So I really like that this part of that part of the book. So, like those stuff is great mm-hmm. and it adds like a gravy on top of what I'm eating. But what I'm eating is like that's what I'm going for is like this these moments when they have that talk, when Marcus and, Mar- and Maria, this relationship that we've seen blossom over this time, like come to a point where like, yeah, they really are into each other. Like Maria's like, no, Marcus is mine. Like that's yeah. my one guy. And when you see moments like Helmet relate to Marcus or Marcus relating to um who was the other guy? Quan. Quan. No, it wasn't Quan. It was the other guy. No, it was Quan. It's Quan. Was it? He's a skateboarder? Yeah. Small because Quan was kind of like, I don't know, fit in on this. Like, oh, no, yeah, when he's examples. talking to Quan and Quan's like, he's like, what are you in this corner for? Uh, being a loner. He's like, I'm kind of a loner. He's like, and they're talking about that. Uh, he, and, uh, he goes, Even what happens to mice? Single mice who are just Oh, drugs. my God. That was such a great yeah. scene when he's talking about, like, it's like mice when they're by themselves. And when they get, get a choice between water and cocaine and water, they always go for the cocaine and water. And, but guess what? You introduce more mice and they go for that water every time because they realize that they don't need the drugs to be happy. Because they're around more people. They're around more people. Like, to quit being alone. They're doing social things. And it really shows you that Marcus, even though he is willing to kill a guy, put a gun to his head at the beginning of this issue, that he really is a nice guy at the end of the day. He's trying to make Quan feel more welcome to this group. Be like, hey, man, you need friends. Like, don't be a loner. Like, I used to be a loner. And, like, it's not going to work out for you. Like, it's not going to be happy a happy place. Mm. Um, we should I, talk I just, about the last five pages. Yeah. Which so I then, thought were fucking excellent. The so, one part that I thought was amazing. So Marcus and Quan have this talk, right? Yeah. And I'm so glad that Wes Craig made this choice with his art. So you be, no, cause like right before, like you see Quan like shoves the blade in his back pocket. Yep. Then you see 
Marcus and Quan hug. Like I knew in the back of my mind that knife was still there. And then like you see Quan being exited out and you don't see the knife. Like he didn't even he didn't show that it was like Marcus pulling the knife out. But you, you see don't his see pocket it. flipped out. His you pocket's do. inside. That's out. what I'm saying, but you have to yeah. look for it. When you, I, I would, give me that issue. Where is it? When you get to the last page of the issue with Victor and what's his girlfriend's name or whatever. Uh I don't know. I can't whatever. But like She's laying on the ground, bleeding out with Quan's knife in her chest. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck, that was amazing. That was like a sequence that like you let my mind fill in that Marcus is so fucking sly that he pulled that knife out of Quan's back pocket and was like, I knew like he's basically like Marcus is like, yeah. Well, when, once the, once he embraced him and you his pockets flipped inside out, I thought, holy right. shit, Marcus stole his knife. But yeah. you don't see it. The knife is in right. his hand. You don't see it actually happening. You just see the pockets already been flipped out. Goes to the Coke machine, like you said. And holy shit. I tell you what, those last five issues. Pages. Solidify. What did I say? Issues. Yes, pages. Sorry. Drinking. Last five <laughs> issues were great, too. But. I mean, they <laughs> happened, but I tell you what, that, that solidified, like you said, the gravy of a 10. Right before, yeah, it's a 10. Right before that uh, panel where he takes the knife out, there's yeah. also Quan. It's like telling him that he's a loner. He's like crying. He's like smoking. And there's that panel where he kind of puts a cigarette down and the panel's like follow his cigarette. I thought it was such an amazing way to like uh, track your eye to like, because you were watching the cigarette go down. Like the show motion, but also mm-hmm. to let you know, like read it this way, going down rather than reading left to right. Everything about this book, every time I read it, I'm like, motherfucker, how are, for A, how aren't like isn't this book like everybody reading? How's this thing? Yeah, not? everyone should be reading it. Like right now, go back, get the other issues, get trades. Like, I don't even you think do, like read it. This book not even like I, before earlier. I was joking with about the uh, Deathstroke group being Eisner nominated. I don't think this book was nominated. I don't think so. That's crazy. Like yeah, it's crazy. This book is so great. And you know what? A lot of people were on the show. I've heard or like you guys talk about it so greatly. Like I want to start reading this book. Um, but it amazes me that they're not reading it already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think like, this is one of those books. How's this like a, a a sleeper? For as often as we talk about this book, if 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 you have any interest in it, just give it a try. This yeah. book will suck you in. And if you're like, if you bought them and you're like waiting to read it, or you're thinking about reading it, just I would just go back to one and read it. Go yeah. back to that first arc and read it. Mm. Like just start, and you're not going to stop. Because uh, like I said, at the end of the day, it's a school about assassins. But then, I mean, I mean. You're it is cool. Assassins, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about not. It's about those kids. And if you, you know, growing up, you can relate to one of these kids, and you can relate to something that they're doing. I mean, even if you're not like you didn't grow up doing drugs, sex, all that stuff like that, you're still going to relate to being a loner, being this person who doesn't know who they are, and uh, being a person who really doesn't know like if they uh, are happy. Like Marcus wasn't happy until mm-hmm. he met Maria, and then he's happy. And now Quan's kind of not really happy because he sold himself out. He sold himself to these people who he doesn't know if he really like. Why do he sell to these people who don't like and love him? And then now he has his friends. And Mark is talking about being friends, and he's that's why he's crying. He's not crying because he's a loner. He's crying because he betrayed these people and they love him so much. And he's trying to be a loner because he doesn't want to feel attached to them. Yeah, he wants to like if he betrays them, he doesn't want to feel ashamed of it. And he goes to that booth and he orders to Victor, and Victor's like, "Okay, we're gonna kill them." And he, that's when he realizes he goes back. He's like, "No, these are my friends." These and aren't he people. saves them. He gives them. He, he lets gives them know. Head. He's like, these aren't my. Pe- these aren't people that I'm going to betray. These are people who, when they thought, uh, when we were just all hanging out, like Marcus came over to me and he's like, "Man, they'll be a loner. Like, mm-hmm. let's all be friends." And he's not going to betray that kind of guy. Like, that's the guy he's going to be friends with now. The coolest part about Quan doing that is you see, you can see them all running. He said, "There's one person missing. It's Marcus." 
And the coolest cliffhanger of this issue is Marcus stays behind. Victor's looking out the window, is like, "Fuck, we gotta go kill him." And Marcus, like you, like you can just picture him like cocking the gun. He's like, "Hey, Vic, long time no see." Um, what a fucking you know. I cannot wait till Vic is killed. Holy. You know what, what makes me want to give this book a nine? Brick Remender and Wes Craig. Four month wait for the next issue. Four months. Where'd you see that at? In the letter it's pages. In the letter he stages. said four months to the next issue. Four month four wait. There's another kidding. thing I was going to bring up. They're filming the pilot during that four months. Oh, are they? Yeah, Fuck, dude. So, what is that show going to be on? Sci-fi? Mm. Yeah, mm. but we'll see. Yeah, if they they have to like really yeah. embrace. I mean, Rick Remender being on the show. I mean, being an executive producer, having a deadly class TV show versus not I'm having a deadly joking, class TV way, show. Four months is fine. Do four months wait, is good. Wait, well, I say, I say four months is. Rick says it's four months so they can be on track, so that way no they have no delay issues. That's fine. Totally cool with that. Oh, one more last thing we got to bring up, just real quick. The most heartbreaking part about this whole book, I think, is when Marcus brings up Billy. Like, hey, where's Billy? Oh, and Petra's it. like, oh, Billy. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude. I like, I flash back. I'm I had like, to think. Of, I had to think about who Billy fuck. was, and then it dawned on me. Oh, Billy's the fucker that got locked in that damn room and poisoned to death. Oh. Or even Saya, when she's like, where, where's she at? And they're like, she's dead, man. Yeah. And Marcus feels guilt for a second, and uh, Maria's like, man, we couldn't do anything. Like, yeah, we had to save ourselves. Um, yeah, really good. Ten. Um, ten, 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 ten. I hope sci-fi really understands that it's not just an action assassin's tale that really is about these kids. I it's too bad it's not gonna be on like it. Netflix or on a, a streaming website where you can do sci-fi's done good stuff before. Battlestar Galactic is really what good. What was the one with the metahumans? I watched that. What? Um with uh They used to have this show called um It was like they, they experiment it was like metas were showing up. Oh man, I, I don't know. I Continuum. These have a show. Continuum was pretty good too. They do good every once in a while. Yeah, there's a couple I've watched on Cyber that have been fine. When they're like, I mean, I get Deadly Class isn't really science fiction, but I'm sure they still do produce television that's not really sci-fi. Mm-hmm. All right, last book of the evening is Detective Comics number nine sixty-seven, written by James Tinney and the Four Fourth. Sorry. Let me find the fucking thing. Art's right in the beginning. What? It's right in the beginning. Sure. I just looked. Like With second page, third page. Uh, Eddie Burroughs, yeah, right? Gotta take no, those Martinez. Up here real quick. Oh, really? It is Martinez, Fernandez, and Maury. Oh, really? Eddie can only do a one issue? Two. Two issues? But now, to be fair, I thought this book looked amazing. Yeah, I know. Like, even better than Burroughs was doing, so. Yeah, I think they need to Burroughs has been dropping the ball. He's yeah. good when he has time, but I think he had time for those issues. Who do we got? Shit, it's not right in the first couple pages, like you just said. Last page, then. Brother I. Spoiler. <laughs> well, we're talking about the it's book anyways. Well, let's talk about it. You figure it out where we're looking it up here. Um, I loved this issue so much. It yeah. was awesome. This was... Detective, probably this one of the strongest arc. detective books. God, it's so fucking good, yeah. dude. That last issue was really great. Um, this issue is really great. So Tim Drake shows up and um, Alvaro Martinez on pencils, Ralph Fernandez inks, Tomei Mori and John Franco Balu as colors. Booyah, Balu from uh, Green Green Valley. Hey, Georgie, you want the Balu? Um, you want that Balu? Come down to the sewers. Um, you like popcorn, Georgie? <laughs> Ooh, popcorn, Georgie. Anywho, um, <laughs> so Detective Comics uh, in this issue, Tim uh, Batman finds out Batman. Bruce Wayne finds out. There's a lot of Batman, so we got to say who it yeah, is. Yeah, there is. Bruce a lot. Wayne finds out that Tim's still alive. 
finds Tracker, offers, hey, man, Tracker's going up, buddy. And he's like, oh, shit, he's back. It's in Gotham. So he goes and he goes, hey, he's, and they find just a suit. And he's like, hey, man, the Tracker's now in Gotham Central. Gotham Central. Gotham uh, Hospital. What is it called? What do you call hospitals? Whatever. Gotham's I was Hospital. Say, I, it was Bruce Wayne. I mean, Bruce Wayne owns it. Um, Bruce's he, Hospital. So he shows up there and he, uh, they're like, you can't come in here. He's like, and Bruce Wayne owns this hospital. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what? all right, Bruce Wayne. And uh, he's like, Tim, don't get up right now. And he's like, hey, we have to stop. My future. So he explains the situation. He love that he self. leaves his outfit in the fire escape. I think that was fucking cool. Yeah. Like he's like, I don't give a shit. Like I got Tim's I, 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 I got to take this costume off and. Oh, I go. see Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's like Bruce Wayne. Shit. Batman. Sorry, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and then they he tells them, hey, he's coming after Batwoman because Batwoman did something that starts his timeline to go fucked up, and that's when he beca- he has to become Batman. So he wants to stop that now because he realized the future Tim Drake. Realize that the timeline right now is uh, elastic, like it could be changed. Um, it's not set anymore, like he thought it was. Um, he's going to try to change it. So they protect Batwoman. I thought, and then we get a scene kind of right after that that I thought was really strong, where the future Tim Drake goes to see Alfred and asks him. He's like, "Man, like," and he's like, "Hey, I'm Batman. I don't want to be like I had to be." And like talking to him, confiding in him, be like, "If it really..." came down to where i could find a way not to be batman and i'd go down this route that you know i don't want to go down like i had to what do you think i should do that and he's trying to get permission basically from alfred to kill batwoman and he alfred doesn't answer time because they show up yeah. and they fight him <clears throat> but i thought it was a really they, good moment. they being nightwing red hood and robin damien yeah yeah uh, that's really strong. And he goes, to Alfred. Like I knew, like he's not going to Bruce. Well, and I, and I like Alfred's that. sympathetic too. He's and I like, like that Bruce Dan asks, like, "Where would you go if?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, you'd that's go when, see Alfred." That's when uh, current time Tim Drake's like, "Oh, he's gonna go to Alfred." And I, you hadn't mentioned it, but when Bruce goes to the hospital, and there's that big splash page of Bruce hugging Drake for being for coming back. Oof. I tell you what, this book, feels. Yes, I this this issue had a lot of feels for me. It this was, was what I was thinking the first issue of this arc would have. That's been what about. I'm amazed so much every time we read Detective. I mean, there's been a couple arcs where it kind of lost it, but most of these arcs since James Tinian's been on it since Rebirth, a lot of heart. Like it mm-hmm. usually wasn't like that. Um, and I found in the past James Tinian stories really uh, didn't have it for me. He was more like it was more pure action, and like I found that he really does find his stride. Like when we get to that page, when Tim is uh, back and everybody sees he's back and they're kind of like hugging each other and they're having those moments together and he meets Luke and Luke's like, uh, say, man, I wanted to talk for so long. I got some questions for you. Something like that in that moment, I'm reading those panels to me. I was like, man, I love this book. Mm -hmm. Like right when he's talking to Luke and I was like, everybody on this team feels like their own person. Everybody on this team has a purpose Everybody on this team is like exciting to read. I don't care who's on that page. It could be spoiler. It could be Clayface. It could be Batwoman. Anytime they just cut to one of them, I'm almost like, I'm so in this. It's not like they cut to somebody. I'm like, man, they're a weak link in the chain. Now they cut to somebody. I'm like, man, I like this book. <laughs> like every single person. And they got a tech guy. And then he says, and then Tim comes back after all this time from being away. And he's still the Tim he was before. He's like, I thought we were going to call ourselves Gotham Knights. Like, I'm at a round table and stuff like that. And he's like making jokes and shit. I yeah. thought that was, I was like, still, I was like, man, that was cool. Fuck God, this book. Really amazing to come out of Rebirth uh, and really be, for me at least, I'm, I think you guys too, James Tinian, to be like, he's really a strong writer. Yes. Before I was yeah, like... Yeah, he, he's had, like, he had, he was like, he had some good arcs, like yeah. with Green Lantern and things, others were like... Before weeds. I was always like, James Tinian, I was like, I'll wait to see what people think about it. Yeah. But like after this book, I'm going to be like, 
he's like one of my writers. I'm like, man, he's a good writer. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's kind of cool to see, like, we've seen uh, what happens if Jason goes bad. What happens if Damien goes bad? I mean, yeah. Nightwing, not really. But, like, you've never seen a super smart. I mean, Batman's smart, but you've never seen, like, a, like, Tim Drake's smarter than Bruce Wayne. We know mm-hmm. that. Like to see a Tim Drake, not necessarily evil Batman, but again, like what we said well, with Batman, the Batman is, that Alex likes, the one that you thought out of your possibility. Yeah, yeah, he thinks say, he's a hero so in his own right. Like he is a hero, but he he thinks the only way to save himself is to kill Batman. This is the Doctor Doom Batman. Yeah, one exactly. plan for everything. That's a perfect, and he thinks he's doing the yeah. right thing. Um, so there's that part uh, where he tells future Tim Drake tells past Tim Drake, uh, just do one thing for me. Make sure you make up with Connor. And he's like, who the fuck's Connor? I know who Connor and is. And I read that panel. I was like, oh, Al, uh, Garrett's head just exploded when he read this. Oh, what a fucking What joy. do you think? So we're going to get probably... The, oh, actually, I know for sure. So, okay, one more. Just so I know, it's Superboy, right? The Hell other, yeah. The other it's Superboy. Connor Kent, bitches. Uh, Connor Kent, the uh, clone of Lex and It's Lex Clark. And, yeah. and Clark. It it blew my mind. Like I, I Marvin had told me that Connor was coming back but I didn't know how they would introduce him. And I'm like, he's introducing this detective book. That's hey, a, man. that's a great way part of this team. Holy shit. Like the, like let's say for some reason, like we've seen the Batman book, he might be retiring. So like I think you're a Batman in this book and Connor's part of the team as they're heavy. Like as a guy who's strong, still a good book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Holy shit. This book would take over for teen Titans in a heartbeat. And then you could actually use that freaking logo where the bat symbol is either on the outside of the Superman symbol or inside the freaking Superman symbol. Hey, when they were going over like the, uh, why Dick wouldn't be Batman, why Jason wouldn't because he died mm-hmm. or he didn't die. He got his like cut off an arm cut off. Right. Yep. Uh, and why Damien wouldn't because he fucked everything up. Uh, I really like that. That uh, Dick, Dick uh, bat yes. suit of like, the that blue yeah. logo. I was yes. like, oh, was I've cool. never seen anybody do that before, and I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah, like where's that Batman? Can I read that Batman? Yeah, I, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I, I, I could give two shits about Jason being uh, Damon. Could I don't care if you're Batman, but I tell you what, that Dick Grayson with the blue bat. Holy shit! That's I would, I, like. I, was, I would buy that. Why can I read it? Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, don't want to talk about Connor Kent too much, but you see that guy with that black shirt and the red Superman S. My head's gonna explode. A lot is of it, good stuff happening. Is uh, that who would have been in New 52? No, that was a clone. Okay. A clone. strict clone of Superman. Okay. Clone. And cybernetic I, uh, technology. This issue was a 10. When I got done reading it, I had already deigned this my 10. I agree with that. The last yeah, couple same. issues have been really strong in Detective. And I had really another scene surprised. in the snow. It sold me. Give me some Eddie Barrows and whatever that color is that does snow real well. You got me. Um, detective. If you read DC comics, you let you're into rebirth, or you're thinking about getting into DC. You're like, where do I start? Uh, and a lot of people like Batman. If you're interested in Batman, detective. I think you get. You don't. I would say Batman. Like, if you really are looking for a different type of Batman story, but detective, I think you go into. I think the nice thing about that what detective does right now is that it's not the Bat family isn't just Dick, Jason, Tim, and Damien, and Batgirl and Batwoman. It's it's everybody on this team. You don't have to be a bat-related person. You don't have to be. I mean, it's just whoever's on this team, you're part of the bat family now. Yeah, it's like if you wanted to go on a Batman ride, you would, this is all you would see. If you wanted Batman, the melodrama, read Batman the book. Yeah. Uh, really strong. Yeah. I really like it a lot. 
Um, I think t- this was needing it because they were starting to do like small arcs in which like that Zatan arc was good. Anarchy was like I yeah, think focused that, yeah, on yeah, spoiler yeah. and I was like, eh. yeah. Overall, like the story he's been telling, I mean the story we had from the first arc that now it's extending to this arc, anything to do with that overall arching story is great. Yeah. Anything they try to do beyond that is just good. Right. Like I've never like felt like this book has been bad. Just like keeping up. The status I've had I've had slow issues, like you said, the utopia and dystopia issues yeah. before. Yeah. Um, slow issues, but I always thought I know there's something beyond this that's gonna be better. So, so they're, they're filling in information yeah. for us. I I cannot say I love this book. This was an issue that just it reminded me of when Damien left. Not Damien, sorry, Drake. When Tim Drake left when he died. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh yeah, when they it's at the beginning of this issue when he's watching the replay of Tim dying, he's like trying to figure he goes, Man, I just took it as is. Like I didn't even try to look into it. And Bruce is doing that. By the way, Offer brings him uh coffee to go in a thing, but on a tray. I'm just like he can't well, even. Well you just can see it. in that scene too, there's a little muffle in the recording right when he's dying. So you, that's probably the part where Oz like Oh really? I didn't see that part. And it, you can barely see it. It's like a little um, yeah. Yeah. Little but I like how this story scramble. Oh, I like how Bruce admits whoever did this knew what they were doing. Yeah. And they planned this out meticulously but because they knew now, what I would look for. But maybe now he's gonna look into it. Right. Oh, dude, I detective work right there. What if this next I mean, arc lack though, of like it crossovers with Superman and it's Batman and Superman Doomsday soon. going against Doomsday's next month, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so they clock first. Oh, it's right God, after this arc. So good. Bruce is gonna look into it. You can see because the I mean the first cover has Bruce on it, right? You know how you're not supposed to raise your expectations for any book. My expectations are fucking through the roof. We talked about that when you were gone about Doomsday Clock. Yeah, because I was like, it's Jeff John, scary Frank. Yeah, amazing. And I anybody's gonna give that story justice if anybody realizes what the expectations are for that story, especially at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Jeff John said this is a sequel to Watchmen. Yeah. And he said, the only thing you got to read is Watchmen for this book. That's setting things up on a bar that's like, this has to be a classic. Well, just, you know think what I mean? what's, just think what's uh, at stake. All this buildup and rebirth from every book. Yeah, it's the whole line. So yeah. I mean, this is this is two years of time. What? Is it going to be two years by the time this book two years, is done? Yeah. Holy shit. That's a lot of time that you're expecting your readers to put in. That's a, lo- that's a big title to be saying. This is a direct sequel to Watchmen. So yeah, one of this, the biggest books ever released. If this turns into before Watchmen, we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. You can't. Have, I mean, it's been two years of story that I actually think the information we've been given out and the way that's played out has been nice and slow, but nice that it's like a building kind of momentum to this Doomsday Clock. Right. And uh, so when we get to it, it feels like it's going to be this uh, climax of the story. Mm-hmm. Rather than going into being like, oh, like the first couple issues aren't going to build up. We've been building up for two years. Rather than, at least it's not been two years of like constant, like watch yeah. the thing is like, fuck, just tell us. And it hasn't been two years of like nothing. And then we have to like. Wait, are we talking gonna, about Thor? Oh, <laughs> and then we're going to get, we're going to get a uh, mini series about it. We've yeah. been seeing things here and there. We've been seeing Oz. We've been seeing uh, people coming back. We've been seeing things like that. So like when we get to it, it's not going to be, oh, where's this all coming from? It's yeah. like, no, we've been building this we're ready for this uh yeah you're right though like that thing is like oh it's gonna be so it's only set up to like it's gonna be so high that on our list of expectations that uh it's gonna set itself up to be like fail you know Mm -hmm. but i hope that i read and be like man if i was excited for this thing like on a 10 and it still blew me away like this is great i I just look at that cover and i could almost tear up like i I think that the nice thing for me is that i don't have the expectations you guys do like I'm, I'm actually it's pretty. Jeff Johns. I'm it's pretty very frank. I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm still on the. Uh, I'm pretty low on the excitement. Once we get closer, I realize, yeah. and you two chatting up a storm about it, I will be 
as pumped as you are. Right now, I'm still holding myself by the collar going, here's don't, the thing, don't, don't, here, don't be excited Here's for the it. thing about my relationship with Jeff Johns. I read his all Green Lantern. friends? Holy shit. Mr. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I read all his Green Lantern thing, and I thought it was excellent. Uh, and then he went into New 52, and he was reading Justice League. I, never read, I read like the first chapter of Justice mm-hmm. League. And it wasn't that it wasn't good, but it wasn't really, it was too much action stuff. And I really, yeah. And the characters were like way different and it really bugged me. Um, so when we got to DC Universe, is that what it's called? No, that 80 DC page? Rebirth. Rebirth. Uh, that DC 80 Universe page, Rebirth one shot. Uh, when that came out, I really nice. was excited for it, but also I was like, I don't know, Jeff Johns has been good recently, but like, is this going to be the Jeff Johns I know? Is this going to be Jeff Johns, the Green Lantern? Uh, and then we got it and I was like, this man really knows how to tell a story. And um, so now I'm like expecting that guy to come back. Yeah. So hopefully he does. Well, I mean, I saw um, him working on this last November. I mean, he had printed. He put, oh, you at his house? No, on Twitter, he uh, put up a picture of Dr. Manhattan and he was like sizzling everybody. But, you know, that's probably when he started working on this series. Because like to announce that it's going to be a 12 issue series like Watchmen. Um He's probably got half the series done already, or if not, oh, I, I, I was going to say, I guess he's got to be working on this since he put out the one shot. Yeah. Going, by the way, this is where it's leading up to. This is all the the hints I'm leaving you. I got to get started on this right now. And Gary Frank's known to be meticulously slow, so Which, you got to give that guy a lot of time. So I'm I'm hoping that it's it's not delayed, but if it is, I'm fine waiting for that book to be mm-hmm. flawless. Uh, that's Punisher Plot Two Number Two, Deadly Class Thirty Three. 31. Uh, the Flash, 33. Yeah. Detective Comics, 967. Amazing Spider-Man, 790. Saga, number 48. Uh, pick up those books. Very great books this week. I thought it was a very strong week. Uh, the only one... Flash was the only one I was going to like, eh, whatever. Agreed. But the rest of them were strong. Rainbow, Comics and Cards... Looking for comic books, collectibles, board games, or any sports memorabilia or sports cards? The only place you need to shop in Sioux Falls or Lincoln, Nebraska. Visit their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Rainbow Comics and Cards, or their Lincoln location at Rainbow Comics and Cards, Lincoln. Or find them online anytime at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. Well, what are we going to get into? It's a holiday spirit. Hold on, let me get you some some flying cauldron. We're gonna, uh, to get ready for this. Garrett program. brought some uh, what we call flying cauldron. Um, brought to you by <laughs> flying cauldron. Uh, we're gonna talk to you. We're gonna so you know we originally came into this thing bottle. talking about what should we do Halloween episode? Do we do top five? Do we do recommendations? What do we do? We decided at the end of the day, hey buddy, um, let's just uh, sit around campfire this stories. campfire stories is what we're going to call it where we just uh, chill out for a little bit here. We're going to talk about scary moments, comics, scary issues, scary series. Just talk, you know, people around a fire, tell some stories here. Very loose. Yeah, Lucy goose. My notes are on that thing. So it's going to be very loose. I don't know if I remember it all at this point in the day. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're doing a loosey goosey uh, storytelling because it's hard for me to come up with a, an actual top five. I, I've got a top five. But there's other books that are more scary than other books for me. Let me let me start off with this kind of a question. We can build off of this. Has there ever been a moment in comics that has made you afraid? That really, like, you get scared? Because, I mean, it's very easy to get scared in a movie. Right. Because, like, a jump scare especially, like, it's you're not expecting <laughs> it. It's visual audio. Uh, it's very easy to scare, like, an audio book or some sort of audio thing else to do because you're listening to something. 
Uh, but a book you read at your own pace. So like, is a book or even like a comic book? Like okay, so uh, in all honesty, uh, The Shining. I know it's not a comic book, but as a novel, it actually hey, does. Rock, it, use it, your muscles. Oh, it is twist out. No, fuck? you gotta have like thumb muscles and hey, man, you know, you measurable what, upper body. I tell you what, I tell you what, make us not to take those off. Yet, you so went you from know. eye of the tiger to eye of the pussy cat. <laughs> What's going on here? I uh, I read The Shining about two years ago, and I tell you what, I was I was paranoid while reading it. I would read it at night, and I remember one day I'm it's reading my book, bottle. and I look into my doorway at my mom and dad's house, and I swear to you, there was a golden eye in my doorway looking at me. Oh, scared shit. the piss out! Hey me. man, this is the eye of the tiger. You use that for motivation. Oh well, I, it motivated me to, to stop reading for the night. Watch Friends just to, like, relax. You know what? Um, uh, com- like I said, comics, you turn it at your own pace, so you can really, like, be, like, turn something quick or, like, you kind of ignore a panel to, like, get over it. So it's very hard to get scared in something like that where you control it. Um, but I believe there's moments that I don't expect to be scary that I look at and kind of, like, I think about in my head, and then it kind of, like, puts this fear in me. Uh, Department H. Yes. When they're... Uh, going all to that central room and then they realize they're stuck underwater. Every room's flooded and you get this panel where it's all dark and you just see them in the middle. Like they know there's no way out, but they got to the room they can help them now. And you get that panel with all that darkness. Uh, I thought, like I looked at that, it wasn't expected to be scary, so I'm just staring at it. And I was thinking about being like how fucked you would be, how like hopeless it is. Um, really scared me. Like I just thought about it so much, and I was just like, "You get this sense of dread, being like, like it's not scary now, but like I know if I was down there, I would be terrified." I I think most of Department H related things are scary. Uh, there's issues where you're in the open water, and there's that uh, squid, and there's that one. There's one panel where oh, I, just, yeah. I turn the page, and it's the squid's mouth is open towards you, and I I tell you what, I was. I mean, it's a, it's a picture book, and it made me nervous to read it. Well, and then there's also the voice mimicking. Or the spider spiders. things. Spiders. Yeah. Like, I that's creepy. They, like, that's they, what that book their, does. Their goal is to invite you toward them. It's like a mechanism, like, you know, Dracula, you know, he looks attractive. Yeah, I think ladies. Department H does it a lot where it's like, hey, this is a Good. book about a mystery. And then it brings you to this place where you get something like that, or you get the squid, or you get this uh, part where you get stuck. And it's really the uh horrors of the underwater i think there's even a uh page that talks about how we know more about space than we know about our mm-hmm. own p- underwater planet you like there's how much is uh the co- uh, world covered with uh, water is that three-fourths yeah, three so. not more than that 90 percent oh i thought it was like 75 percent, but maybe maybe it is like 85 percent generally um, a lot just more than half i uh it, it is disappointing to know that as a, a a nation and a world, we know less of our own water water ways. Do you want something? How much of the Earth is covered by water? The answer is about three hundred sixty-one million square kilometers. That tells you nothing. That's that was helpful. <laughs> that was helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that you brought up space, you know, it makes me think of is alien dead orbit. Mm. Um, what is the artist's name? I can't think of it. James Stokey. James Stokey. What's so great about James Stokey's art is like the like the spaceship they're on 
it's like playing where's Waldo looking for an alien. Mm-hmm. Like though, like the alien and his art of the ship looks so much the same that like you could be staring at a panel and later there could be an alien just chilling there, like ready to kill you. And then you turn the page and you're like, oh, I didn't even see there was an alien yeah. there, and it like eats somebody. That uh, that was another book that I had actually thought about putting on my list. I mean, I realize this isn't even about a, a list book or mm-hmm. book list. That would scare the shit out of me. And the way he is so detailed in his art. Right. Holy shit. Well, you can just see the main guy in there is just terrified. I mean, he's seen what these aliens can do because, like, if you've seen the alien movies, usually it's, besides the Sigourney Weaver, like, first two, I mean, typically it's a group of people or a person coming upon the alien or the xenomorph and not knowing what the hell they are and adapting to it. Sigourney Weaver's the unicorn in that story, though, because, like, she knows it all the time. Kicks the shit out of everybody. Right. But how terrifying is that? You get this uh, organism that is meant for killing. Right. It it wants to survive. It's not even just trying to on that ship, trying to hunt. It's trying to kill them. Right. Um, And if you try to kill it, it still will kill you. Like its blood is like acid. Acid, yeah. So like, was there really a way out? Like you can, how are you going to kill it? The only way you can kill it, like she does in the first movie, is sending out the space hatch. Right. Um, I mean, you could shoot it to death, couldn't you? But with hopefully, you don't get the recoil of blood splurting. But if on you're in you. space, like it really goes, it eats through everything, and then now you got open air into oh, space. Like you're gonna get fucked. Yeah. Or if you happen to have to reload for two and, seconds, yeah. you know how quick the xenomorphs are. Yeah. And then it just has to touch you, and any of its wounds that get on you, then you also you're like also now you're acid all over you and stuff. Like but that, this so. book, I think the way Stoke does Stokey does it, it he can really tap into like with his art the silence like it's just dead quiet like you don't like he really teases you that the aliens are going to pop out at any moment but like what you expect them to pop out they don't and when you least expect it they do and yeah. that's what scares me like i i picture myself as that main character like looking around every corner like just seeing this hallway and it's su- oh i'm getting goosebumps right now half of the xenomorph scared the shit out of me like that's my worst nightmare is i hate snakes so xenomorphs next step so halfway down the hallway, it's just like pitch black. And so you don't know if they're going to come out of the darkness and scare the shit out of you. Oh, man. I always imagine like the lights would flicker and every time it flickers, you know, they're they're black. So once they it flickers, they move in the darkness, flickers, they move in the like darkness. Batman and Dark Knight, right? Kind of. But scarier almost. Gosh. I know Batman's not going to kill me. See, that's why, you know, like some people get scared of like the predators. I know I'm going off topic. It's those fucking aliens. They get me every time. Predators, I'm like, yeah, they're warriors. I get why they exist. I l- aliens, they have one mission, kill. I you know I've always enjoyed the Predators or... more, but I agree. Aliens are scarier. Yeah. Because in Predator uh, 2, I believe, or one of them, you can win them enough where they're like self-preserving, uh, where they're trying to get away. But right. that alien's going to come after you until it either kills you or dies. So. Yeah. Um, another scary moment, I believe, uh, in Witches, uh, Scott Snyder's Witches, there's a part... First, second issue, I forgot what it is, where the girl gets trapped in the tree. First issue. Holy um, shit. Scarier than hell. Uh, very scary in like a way that like when you read Scott's uh, back matter on that page and he talks about anxiety and talks about his fears and like he really is a guy that like is constantly afraid of certain things. And when you think about that moment when those two girls go into the woods, one's bullying the other and they get stuck in a tree, there's a fear because that girl's getting stuck, obviously stuck in the tree from these witches and she doesn't know what to expect. That's scary. But also there's a moment that's scary for that other girl because what does she do? Does she let that girl just go in? That, obviously that girl's been bullying her. She doesn't care about her. 
or does she save her or she does try to so she does try to save her but and then when she's gone like who's gonna believe her like who's really you get that fear of what do i do and there's that really that moment as a kid when you know like something happens like that you're like i don't know what to do so you get also you get that fear from that girl but yeah. then also there's that fear when i'm thinking me like i was a kid would i tell somebody like i started thinking about it be like what am i gonna what would i do and be like, would anybody believe me? That some witches took a girl into a tree. They're gonna think, and they do think right. that that's what they have to move, right? That they mm-hmm. uh, that she killed this girl. Yep. Uh, there's that rumor that starts, and she gets this really human fear of not just the uh, this girl that got taken by the witches. She has to worry about that, but she also is worrying about like now these people also think that she's a killer, and they now she has to worry about being alone all her life. You know, whenever I drive by a forest of any kind, now I think of this book because like that. You know, one of the parts about Jock's art and the in which is that I don't really enjoy, but I get why it makes sense for the story. And Alex kind of gets annoyed by it too. Marvin loves it. I mean, it's a good style choice. Love it. it makes it so you can't like see everything 100%. It's trying to make you like disoriented. Yeah. And it works. It works. And so, like, that horrifies me. It's, it's again, it's just the end. You know what technique? Actually, I thought about it because I've, I've been watching uh, a lot of horror stuff recently. Um, and like, uh, Trying to think from a directing perspective, like how do you build suspense when one person's chasing another, or you like are trying to expect to see somebody out of there? And a lot of times in the movies, I see them fail at it because they frame it as you can see one person like running, and you obviously can see all around them. And I think a good thing that Jack does in that book, and a lot of things that good horror movies do, is instead of framing it wide like that, where you can see everything, they frame it close. So all you see is the person. You don't know what's happening. Like, you don't know what's behind them. You don't know what's in front of them. And Jack does it where, like, all that stuff's kind of muddy. And all you really see is the person behind all these kind of spots and stuff like that. So you're looking. You see, okay, I can see the girl. But, like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. And that's the scariest part of that is that what is going on? Like, you can't see what's behind to the right of that girl or, like, uh, in front of her. So you don't know when she turns that corner or when she's going up that tree in that one issue to get away from the witches. Are there witches up there? What's up there? I don't know what's up there. Um, because you're really close on her like that. In fact, that's actually what's good about that book. In a lot of horror movies, if you you can go see a horror movie tomorrow. Yeah. Notice that Jigsaw. like when if you get a scene like that, how they frame it, they frame it, they should frame it close because then you're like, What's going on? I don't know what's going on. Right. Because it's that moment, like if you were in that situation and you get that tunnel vision, you don't know, like you're trying to run away, you're not seeing all around you. And the scary part is, is where is he at? And you don't get that benefit of a wide shot to be like, okay, now I know it's all around her. She's safe right now. No, she doesn't know what's behind her. Like, if you get a close shot, like you're you like, know what she knows. Yeah, yeah, you know what she knows. She's like, I can't see behind me. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. And I think that's what that that's what Jock's trying to do in that book with those blotches. Um, he gets remember reading Witches too. I haven't started reading it yet. No, me either. I don't really like the way it's in those image pluses. Like, I really wish it was. You only get four. I've been I've been getting the image pluses, but I haven't read it. That's why I think I'm going to wait for it all for the trade because they did that with the here's Negan stuff for the first volume. They put it all in one continuous trade. I think I'll wait. I do get the image plus. I do like they have. Oh, so you're just going to wait to read it? Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. I don't. I don't like reading a story four pages. I barely like reading issue to issue. I'm not going to read four pages at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think for me, it's just I'm going to wait until I get all however long the image plus has to be to read it, and then I'll read yeah. it all as one. Yeah, that's what I did with the Here's Negan. So. Can we talk something about something that's kind of a mix between your Alien and Scott Snyder? Uh, I'm not sure if you read it. We read it. The Wake. I have not read the Wake. The first, at least the first six. 
First five. First five. Because the sixth is the start of the really new. Really scary, that first yes. five. That was horrible. I remember that being scary reading that. Um, underwater again, but underwater. Basically, imagine xenomorphs underwater. If Department H makes Oof. a alien, that's what this book was. Merman. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's like, like water snakes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the snake. Underwater, yeah, but you get these really uh, smart mermen who are like trying to take down this underwater base. Yeah. I just remember that book being like Department H where it's that seclusion underwater, but also like the Xenomorph where I'm like, how the fuck are they getting away? If if the wake had done six, seven, eight, nine, and ten in the same style yeah. that first five had been written, it would be one of my all time favorite books. Cause I tell you what, I every issue I read, it it gave me goosebumps. One, I am not a strong swimmer. Uh, I'm afraid of things under the water. I'm sorry, watching Jaws or watching, uh, what, 47 meters below or uh, what's the one, The Shallows? I tell you what, I love sharks, but they scare the shit out of me. Uh, what I actually just was talking, I was watching Jaws. Um, but I was just talking about those close shots so you know what's going on. There's a scene where um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss' character is inside the shark cage. And that's how they frame it. They frame it up close because he's like looking around and all you see is his face looking around really close on his face. So he's looking around and you're like, he can't see anything. And you're kind of like, the fuck, where's, where's the shark at? But all you see is him looking around. So it adds to suspense being like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in this book, uh, Sean uh, Murphy. Yes. Uh, I think that a lot of that too, because I remember panels where you, it would turn it and then like he did a lot of good turn pages in that book. Um, and then five, here's the thing. We get all these things with these little, not little, but normal size mermen. Issue five, we get that huge one. Yeah. And it's kind of like we were like, oh, shit, are they getting away from these guys? And then you see like this huge, basically like uh, giant squid size uh, merman. And you're like, well, I think they're shit. Like there's no way coming back from this. And it actually ends with the whole base going down, right? And she's the main character stuck down there. Doesn't she die? I believe so. Yeah. That's how it ends, and so yeah. like, and then they had a break between both parts because it was part one and part two, uh, where you're like, oh, guess the main characters. <laughs> so do like, they make it seem like even at the very end of the entire series that there could be a potential sequel to that? Now it ends. No, it no, just ends. Yeah. It's over. Uh, the first five try to be a horror book. The last uh, five, five yeah. try to be like an adventure type book. Yeah. But the and and so it was different, but yeah. I like the first five really strong. Like when when you and I talk, wait, that's all I think of is the first five because that's that those are. Such memorable issues. Okay, so if you're thinking about reading Wake, yeah, I would want to. Yeah, I, I was gonna tell you the end. I mean, you can. The end's I stupid. Mean, you know what we talk about all the time? Beginnings yeah, are good. It's, gonna, it's like, yeah. He, you guys uh, have told me spoilers for the Wake. Bad. If you're thinking about reading the Wake, fast forward about a minute. Um, it ends with so these mermen. It ends with you finding out that they were the first uh, humans on planet Earth, and they kind of evolved into these mermen. But the reason why they don't remember that they used to be human. It's because they uh, cried tears that made him forget the memories. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and reread it to actually I, get the meaning behind it. But at the time, I was like, what do you mean they cry tears and they forget their memories? Like, I think, and maybe that's the problem for you and I is that we read one through five and then they took that however long of a break. You jump back into six through ten and it's like, this isn't the same story I remember reading. And one, I was already turned off by six. I was like, well, this isn't what I remember. So you're right. I think if I read it's very one weird through ten, to go from a horror to that type of book. So, uh, first five for Shango. I really like it. I'm gonna bring it into the DCU yeah. a little bit. Um, now this is a mini of a main event, but the Flashpoint Batman Vengeance storyline oh, yeah. with Martha being the Joker. Um, 
Martha. Um, Why'd you say I that? I thought name? it was very horrible. Hey, man, how you know that name? That's, That's your mom's mom. name. It's my mom's name, too. Martha Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was a cool twist. Like no one expected it when you were. That's something that we all started reading at around the same time. Um, when you actually find out that the Joker is uh, Bruce's mother, and like in this alternate universe, like Bruce is dead, his dad becomes Batman, and she's the one terrori- terrorizing Gotham. It's it's crazy, and she is sadistic. Like you think the Joker's sadistic, but. You know, when you think of a mother, you think of somebody that's, you know, comes out of love, like, you know, your child embraces, the, you know, their mother kind of thing. Uh, let me know if I'm crazy, but I remember the reveal of her being Martha. Wasn't she like our son, our son, they killed our son and she's like freaking out and stuff yeah. like that. Man, that page, I remember reading that and be like, fuck. And then she turns around and you see this huge grin on yeah, her face. Yeah, it's like, just like, oh, fuck. I actually... Um, think I found her more scary in that moment at that time yeah. than actual Joker at the time. I was right. seeing her be like, bring this. Martha. Yeah, well, like, I, I this think it's one like, of those things that she's a woman who's who's lost this her child and now she's just gone batshit crazy. How do you handle that? Brian Azzarello wrote that, right? Yeah. But yeah, you think about like a mother protect, like I think of like lions or protecting yeah. her cub. Like it's, it's either if you get in the way of my cub, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like, this is a Joker with that yeah. rule. Like, you know, Joker doesn't have rules, but Martha Wayne Joker has fucking. I, I remember that three issue arc or yeah. run. Doesn't uh, she try to kidnap some kids? Yeah, she kidnaps yeah. kids. And, like, that's her thing. Yeah. That's her thing. And then when she finds something wrong with them, I, I remember that being like one of those. Uh, Flashpoint was my jump on point to getting stuff with you guys. Right. And I tell you what, that is still one of my favorite books to read. Yeah, it's just kind of it's it's not necessarily horrifying. I mean, it is horror, but it's more like we know who everyone knows who Bruce Wayne is as a character, and so to like flip that to being like this is what would happen if Bruce was the one that died in that alley. Well, I, I had written on my list actually uh, any most anything Marvel slash DC because in real life I I, I think of. Uh, Ultron would be scarier than shit. Knowing that there is a, a being out there like Darkseid or Thanos or um, just all these other beings. Holy Moses, that would be so scary. Well, when I was thinking, of when speaking of Ultron, when we were Secret Empire, where he believes he's Hank Pym. Yeah. Like that dinner scene. It's scary. It is because there's so much tension. Like, you know, there's the fight going on. Yeah. But at the same time, Ultron's like... Hey, why aren't you guys having a good time? Like, aren't we all friends here? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like you should be like, no. hey, <laughs> pretend that you're having a good time. Well, he could fucking kill us all right now. Rip off that half face. Yeah. I uh, one other book that I I had actually gotten last year was Nailbiter, where oh, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, Joshua Williamson's book, where this whole town is not uh, not not run, but is the oh, a lot serial, of serial killers killer were born there. Yeah, and they yeah went on to you get one serial killer to that. Kills his victims who are nail biters and then chews their nails. Yep. Um, as a signature, uh, fucked up. Joshua Williamson running Flash now. It's just like those horror elements of that come into Flash every once in a while. You just see where he came from. See this nail biter. Nail biter's really good. Yes. Uh, it's not coming out anymore, is nope, it? It's end. It's quote unquote ended. But I believe it could be open to starting again. Joshua Williamson also did another book called Ghosted. 
about, I believe it's these guys who tried to do a host, uh, host or tried to do a heist. When I was researching for tonight, that was on a lot of top 10 lists, Ghosted. Ghost is really good, too. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Will is a really strong horror writer. I'm not, like, he, it's weird that he's writing The Flash. Um, he's in the negative Flash. It's going to get scary. If they announced him doing, like, D, uh, DC, the Justice League uh, Dark or something like that, yeah, I think he'd be really good at that. Yeah. Um, speaking of DCU, Blackest Night. Blackest Night was awesome. There uh, are a couple of scary moments in there. I think uh, there's a moment where um, Elastic Man, yeah, right, um, his wife comes back, Sue, uh, as a zombie, or well, as that, a Blackest that's Night the thing. whole point of Blackest Night. It's like it's bringing you know all these heroes like worst fears, like with people or their loved ones coming back to like basically, but evil versions of themselves to come back and hunt yeah. them. It really examines that uh, kind of zombie uh, um, aspect of the stories about like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be scary if zombies come back, but like, what if your loved ones come back and like, they're coming after you like that. They're smart enough to know like, oh no, I'm coming after these people. Cause that's uh, like, I, and I want to like not even coming back just to try to eat their brains or whatever, right. or try to like just kill whatever's in front of me. They're coming back because oh no, they're, uh, gonna try to kill you. Um, did you uh, when, did you get Blackest Night in issues? Yeah, you did. Did you, and if you got a lot of that side stuff, the best part about that whole run, yeah, I, I thought, was uh, is it Black Hand? Is that his name? Is that the bad guy? Yeah, the, the bad guy. His his journal <laughs> entries. That is one sick fuck. I remember. It's been a while. But isn't there an issue where he has dinner with this family? And he, he kills them all. Oh, it's so fucking scary. Yeah, he it, you see it in Black Knight the comic, and you read about him, his internal thoughts in the journal entries. Yeah, that's what it was. They were such a great supplemental. Uh, I've never read Blackest Night or Brightest Day. I got you Blackest Night, I thought. Did you? I for yeah, Christmas. I think so. Okay. Well, I haven't read it then. You should. You should. If you're going to read it, I would recommend reading. There's like a trilogy of Jeff Johns' Green Lantern stories. Yeah. Start with Rebirth. Uh, move on to Stretch Core War and then Black Assign. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Secret Origin? That's just Re- for Green Lantern. Origin, that yeah. is after Rebirth, but like they did Rebirth to be kind of be okay. like, let's send Hal back in the right path, and then right. Rebirth is like, let's try I, to I clean up his I haven't origin. read the. <clears throat> um, was it Rebirth? Was the first one? I hadn't read that. Yeah, and I hadn't read the Sinister Core War. Well, I'll have to get it. Uh, you know what? Green Lantern with Hal and Jordan in the Green Lantern Core has really sold me on wanting to get. More good. Also, the colors in Blackest Night, just because everything's so dark, when you see freaking Green Lantern light everywhere, it's it's so appealing to the eye. Uh, there's also a part where Batman, at the time he was dead, but uh, Batman's clone's corpse comes alive as a... Uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, I've seen... I've seen comes um, back alive. I thought that moment was really scary. He looks all gaunt like and grody. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine Batman coming back as a zombie, but he's like still that kind of guy and he's coming after them so it's kind of like an evil batman type of thing but you get like this there's a added element to it when you get these type of uh zombie kind of characters coming back um, um don't want to stay in dc universe forever but uh gotham after midnight um had oh, constantine yeah. um it had uh specter um not hal jordan specter but uh what's his actual name that was john uh, jim corrigan yeah jim corrigan that book was awesome. It was more that Jim Corgan like was fighting himself because like you know we've all read Gotham Central, and in that you don't see it from his perspective. You see it from the detective's perspective of yeah. the Spectre. This one, Jim Corgan's like I don't want to be the Spectre. Like, he's fighting it, but like when something bad happens, like you know the Spectre, he becomes him. Inspector doesn't give a shit about right and wrong. He's like, well, he does. He's like, if you do wrong, 
I'm going to wash away the sin, which just kills you. I mean, ruthless. Um, there was like a black plague throughout that. It killed, like, you get introduced to this whole team, and little by little, some of them get killed off or poisoned, um, and they start doing horrible things. Um, that was such a good book. I wish it never ended. It was written by Ray Fox. Um, I wish it would have kept going on. The art was so good. Um, but yeah, I think, like, Spectre, like, he, it's kind of like the Punisher, you know? When you see wrong, you know, you think that you could show them the error of their ways. The way that Punisher or like Spectre show people the error of their ways is they just take you off the map. Like they just end um, the equation. I just wanted to bring up, uh, we were talking about Scott before. Scott has a good series called Severed. It's a mini series, five issues, I think, six. It's really good. But a kid uh, back in the old Depression trying to ride the rails runs to this guy who might be like a serial killer type of guy. It's pretty good. It's one of his earlier books. Um, American Vampire, also very, a lot of Husker moments. Um, and then I wanted to maybe uh, kind of wrap this up here. Yeah. Something that really, and maybe you guys won't relate to this the way I do, something that's not really uh, scary, but like it's like kind of scary like in the Parma Mage kind of way where I don't expect it and then you kind of think about it and it gets really kind of scary. Especially at a moment where I was when I'm reading uh, Vision. When I'm reading Vision, you get I to saw the, that on a lot of lists too. That people thought it was a horror. Uh, when you get to the part when he is towards the end, when he really has that moment when he's like, "What do I have to do to protect this family?" And he realizes he can't really protect it anymore. Like it's gone so off the rails. This perfect family that he thought he could have, um, and I thought it really is kind of scary because when you think about it, yes. When you have a family or like have kids, have a wife or anything like that, you really do think like, oh yeah, what's going to happen? Like nothing's really going to happen to us. But then when one thing happens, the next thing happens. And Vision, it's kind of out there. You get hit or killed a Grim Reaper. Yeah. But but even still, like if you relate to normal life, like one thing happens, another thing happens, and he thinks he can fix it. He thinks he can get it back to normal. When he can't, it starts unraveling, and he gets to a point where he's kind of like, what am I going to do? I can't do anything anymore. And you get that moment where he really does feel human when he's like, I don't know how to fix this. And that was really scary to me being like, yeah, there are going to be moments when you would be like, how do I fix this? I don't want to fix this. Um, and it really turns out to be depressing the way that uh, his wife decides to fix it and get it over with. And and it's really scary when the moment when he's like, they're lost and trying to fix it. And then somebody else takes that moment into your hands being like, I can fix this, but it's not going to be easy. So I thought that was really like, not it's scary, but also like, it's those scary life moments where you're like, I'm reading fucking vision. I'm like, oh, okay, now, I gotta, now I'm scared about something in my own life. You know what I mean? You get a story about these robots, androids. Well, it's more of a, or at least a more relatable yeah. fear. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, and Scott's talked about this in his witches. By the way, if you read witches and issues, I recommend getting in issues and read Scott's back matter. It talks about fear a lot in that. Yeah. Uh, and then Stephen King, I think, and any kind of uh, person who writes and um, creates horror as entertainment or anything that at the, uh, when you're writing a story to create really something that's scary, you're going to have to look at what you're afraid of in life and what, what people are afraid of in daily life. Cause you can have a monster, you can have something out there like a xenomorph or something like that. But when you really look at it at a xenomorph, you're scared because you don't know how to fight this. You're, uh, it's game it's, over, man. It's something so alien. That's like, I don't know what this is. And you get that you get that a lot in like war. You're like, I don't know how to fight this enemy. Uh, you get moments when Department H when you're like hopeless, and that's what's scary about it. It's like against my control now. I'm stuck. Like I, there's literally like I'm so human. This uh, 
earthly elements, this water. Like, I can't fight earth. I'm going to fight this water under the ocean. You can if you're an earthbender. What's yeah. up? See, fear um, is always of the unknown. That's fear always is been. always, when even if you build it as a monster, you really have, it really is uh, people's fears that they face in every day, and you kind of roll it back. To, that's what makes great villains stuff. Like you roll it back to, like, how people can relate to that type of villain um, in their own life. And so, right? Like, that's just one reason a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like horror movies. I don't like horror movies. And when I watch horror movies, that's really something that I look, in, look into being like, no, this isn't a story about uh, Jigsaw. And like, you're going to see Jigsaw tomorrow. Yeah. When you really see a movie like that, like Saw, like the first movie, that first Saw movie, it's not a story about like, People always. think it's just torture porn, yeah, but there's actually a mystery or a story that's interwoven throughout. But like in that first movie, what's scary about it is these people were abducted, happy yeah. real life, and like told like when the monster in that movie is what they would do to save themselves over somebody else, right. and that's what's really scary. Yeah, and so anytime you read any of these horror books or read, watch any of these horror movies, you really have to think that's not. Uh, Jason in Friday the 13th, he's not scary because he's an unstoppable monster. He's scary because what if I was in a situation on a secluded crystal lake like that? Like, it's not that he's like somebody could be out there and be an unstoppable monster, but I'm helpless out there all alone. That's why that's scary about that. Um, love horror, but I, like, I'm not the kind of horror guy I'm like full in. Yeah. Like, I, I get into it like from that time. In, in, yeah. Like, in like droves. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's not like only horror. Not there's at some all. people who are like really into. It, but yeah, I mean, uh, I get not that. I mean, you like what you like. I said been for same for weeks. Like what you like. Sometimes you gotta take a step back, watch a couple musicals to let everything calm yeah. down. Always, yeah. always remember to come back from the dark side. Uh, let us know what horror books, horror stories you like. Wednesday comic six to five at uh, gmail.com. Uh, let your know if you're afraid of xenomorphs at garot twenty one eighty eight on Twitter. Uh, let Alex know if. Uh, he should read Blackest Night at Alex Mastrello or at Pastrami underscore news. Uh, follow me at Marvin underscore Sogwero. Like I, I said. I just told Jarvis to send a bomb to pull that fucking thing. Uh, like I said, Marvin underscore Sogwero on Twitter. Find out that Austin Powers 4 uh, storyline. You can uh, see if it's good. I don't know. Give me some tips. Is it about chicken and waffles? That's the <laughs> no, that's his Taco Bell answer. Chalupa, waffle, taco, chicken. You're laughing now. Wait to talk about Bises. <laughs> You know what? I actually did tweet at them, so they're just going to steal it anyways. Why did they buy it off of me? No. Hey, six, six to eight months, you see that on the market? You're welcome. Um, good week of books. Holiday, uh, be safe. I mean, it's, when this comes out Sundays, you've already been out, but like, happy, happy Halloween. This Halloween's is the last. Not till Tuesday. This is the, the new. I know, but this is the last episode for Halloween. I know. And people are going to be going getting Kesha Crunk. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Do something good to eat. Hey, man, you know I'm in that ring. It kind of sweats a little bit, you know? So, like... These shoes don't breathe. Sniff, sniff. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that you don't invest in condominiums because you don't use them? Hey, Alex. Yo. Tell me ain't going to be no rematch. Ain't going to be no rematch. I want no rematch. (laughs) My name has been Rocky. (laughs) I've been your Witcher, Alex. I've been your Iron Man, Garrett. Wow. Hey, everyone. Keep turning those pages.